take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian. And Sam. And Mike. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free, so enjoy those. And one of the major features of the site allows you to suggest stuff for us to talk about on the air. You can go and uh, take whatever item you find interesting on the internet, whether it be a blog post or a news item or something like that, and you can post it to our site. Then our other listeners will vote up or down on whether they like or dislike them. And then uh, at that point, uh, whatever the most popular ones are within a certain period of time will make it to the front page and the top of our website. And normally when you post something to the freetalklive.com website, you don't have to necessarily uh, ask the person's permission to post something to our website because the person who originally posted it posted it to the internet thereby meaning that they've essentially released it to the public in some way we're going to talk more about intellectual property here as the show goes on because today sam and myself as well as uh, lance uh, one of the other activists up here in new hampshire um, have been accused of being thieves and have been accused of being vandals i have been accused of being a liar and we will find out what all that is about here. But first, we go to your phone calls, and we'll start with Jason in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live on the Amp Lines. Hello, Jason. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. I'd like hey. to talk about the stock, uh, how I think the stock market's going to continue to disappoint investors and uh, ruin retirement accounts tonight. By all means. Great. Okay, so the U.S. government and the Fed are doing exactly what the, their Japanese equivalents, which would be the government of Japan and the Bank of Japan, did in 1989 to the present. That's 21 years of Keynesian money pumping. Um, their stock market, the Japanese stock market, peaked at just shy of 39,000. That's the, I think it's called the Nikkei 225. The Nikkei uh, peaked at 39,000 in December 1989. It's now right around uh, under 10,000. It's about the same as the Dow. That's uh, that's minus 75% over 21 years. And I think that the U.S. stock market, a la the Dow or, the, uh, more importantly, the S&P 500, is heading the same way. And uh, I see every morning on uh, CNBC the uh, the people touting that, you know, uh, the correction's in and we're headed for recovery. And I just don't <laughs> buy it. I don't. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, it's already taken a couple of tumbles, hasn't it, in the last uh, couple of years? It ha- it's been very shaky lately. Uh, Wasn't it some, up to like 14,000 at one point? It was, uh, I think, a couple of yep. years ago. Yeah. But it's, now it's down to 10 Now something. it's back at uh, like 1999 levels. Yeah, yeah, that's right, Sam. And it, it peaked in 2007 at 14,000 on the Dow. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I think before all is said and done, we're going to see Dow. Well, we saw Dow 6,600 uh, back in, I think it was March of 09. I think we're going to go beyond that. Uh, it's it's like it's like living in 1930 right now. You know, the Great Depression was in 19. Uh, the crash was in 29. That took out a good 25, 30 percent. And then there was a rally, just like we've had a rally uh, for the past. I don't know since the March lows to the to pretty much the present. And then it dropped in 1930. And then it went up a little bit, and then it dropped. So it was always making um, they call them lower highs and lower lows, and it just kind of roller coastered down all the way to the bottom in 19, uh, 1933. And I think that's where our market's headed. Uh, this is, but they they actually had deflation then. That was a that was a true deflation. There was no FDIC. There was no uh, insuring of bank deposits. Jason, so what about the different. what about the plunge protection team? Wayne had told me about that once, and it was uh, I, mean, I don't recall exactly his description, but some, some sort of group of uh, people that are on the inside that are going out and they're buying things like 
gold or buying certain stocks to kind of push the uh, the market up. Do you know anything about them and how that'll change? Uh, I- I don't know much about them. I have heard about them. Uh, there's speculation that they were involved in the uh, the instant recovery on the flash crash that was maybe two or three months ago, where the Dow dropped like a thousand points, or, or I forget what it was like nine percent in one day, and then rebounded back. Yeah, they tried so, to play uh, that off as a data entry mistake, but that that's yeah, pretty absurd. And, and you're absolutely right when you talk about Japan and sort of making a comparison there. One of the things that uh, happened in Japan is they set also set interest rates at 0% for a long time. And what this does is creates the carry trade where some of these big brokerages, brokerage houses go in there to Japan. They borrow money at the zero or near 0% interest rate. And then they take it to some developing or emerging market where it's much more risky, where interest rates are you know, above 10, but somewhere between 10 and 20 percent. And they're they're making uh, quite a profit. But what that does is pulls all of this money that uh, the Fed's trying to pump back into the U.S. economy and just takes it offshore somewhere else where it's affecting and being used to spur growth in another economy. And Japan has suffered a 10-year, 20-year recession uh, because of that. So while you talk about the plunge protection team who's out there doing all of these things to try and manipulate the market and keep it from crashing uh, you referenced the day the Dow went back to 6,600. I think that was March of uh, 09. And that was the real crash in the market. What happened then is they came up with the stimulus plan and they papered over the problem. They printed all of this money. They created all of these new debts and obligations uh, and used that in order to prop the market back up. Well, now we're running into the phase where the sugar high is wearing off. All of that stimulus money is spent and if they go back and get more, they're facing serious threats of uh, hyperinflation. And if they stop spending it, well, then, you know, things are going to crash. Well, as Jason told us last week, uh, there's like a trillion dollars that the banks are just sitting on. So a lot of that it's stimulus money is just really, sitting there. It's not that they're really sitting on it. Um, last year, 90% of the uh, bonds were bought by the the banks, basically. So what's happening is the Fed's loaning out money at... at a quarter percent interest rate or, or near zero percent interest rate. And then they're, the banks are taking that money, investing it back into U.S. Treasury bonds, which are paying at a slightly higher yield. So they're basically getting free money from the Fed and then turning around, investing it back with the uh, with the state, with the government. Jason, is that your understanding of uh, what's going on? Yeah, I think I think Sam's uh, I think that they're doing both things. They have all these excess reserves and they're also doing exactly what Sam described as well. And you've got the FDIC is broke. They're uh, closing banks almost every week uh, now. So none of the banks want to look like they're financially unsound or weak. So if they can get this money, they don't want to loan it all out and overextend themselves and risk being consolidated into one of the larger banks or uh, or even closed. Yeah, so Sam, I think that the the small banks and the medium sized banks, those are the ones that don't get bailouts. Those are the right. ones that are uh, they are the most timid to put new loans out there because they they don't have the bailout. The bailout doesn't come to them; it comes to the big boys in the cartel. Who then, as Sam alluded, when the FDIC closes down several banks, I mean, this doesn't even make the news anymore. They close down banks every mm-hmm. Friday, and yep. they're, actually the bank the bank uh, failures are growing and growing in assets. The bank trouble list is growing and growing. So, and there's uh, 2,000 banks on that list. So by the end of this year, we could see as many as 2,000, even I've heard numbers of 2,500 
from some of the uh, forecasters. One of the things that I've read about this is that, um, and because the big banks get the bailouts, the little banks don't get the bailouts, it used to be the communities were grown by their local banks. And now what you're having is uh, the big boy banks are picking the winners and picking the losers on a national scale, and you're, and small business is suffering as a result. Small business, communities are suffering, and it, it's, uh, it, it's destroying what America once meant. Yeah, that's right, Mark. And 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 but back to, to to bring it right back to the stock market is all these things that we just talked about last couple of minutes. They either culminate in hyperinflation or a deflationary depression. And uh, I think that the stock market. Oh, uh, I think the stock market's headed lower. And uh, let's talk about PEs for just a minute for for listeners that What's don't that? know stock market lingo. That's price to earnings ratios. That's if uh, if D- if Disney. If Disney is priced at $20 and they earn just $1 in profits, their P.E. ratio is said to be 20 over 120. So typically the market, when the, and the stock market, if you take the whole S&P 500, when the P.E. ratios of the entire market uh, put together are uh, above 20, that's usually market tops, and usually the bottoms or the bottoms of depressions or recessions, the P.E. ratios drop down to in the high single-digit numbers, like 8, 9, yeah, so let me jump in there, Jason. You're doing a lot of technical jargon. I think Ian's eyes are kind of swimming a little mm-hmm. bit. The PE is really gives you sort of an idea of how much investors value an individual stock. So like some of the Internet companies, their PEs were way off the charts because their prices of the individual stock was so high compared to their earnings. Whereas, uh, You're going to have to start that over. Hang okay. on. More, uh, more on the way here. Uh, we'll talk about P.E. that's not physical education. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Hey, everybody. Scott Horton here for FreedomCam.net. From coast to coast, the increasingly militarized American police state has grown out of control. Peace officers have become law enforcement. The old doctrines of minimal force have fallen by the wayside. Cops are now trained to use overwhelming force in virtually every situation, resulting in an epidemic of police brutality across our society. I say fight back while you still can. Film the cops and put it on YouTube. A critical mass of police brutality videos is being assembled online, and a change is going to come. Police perjury is no match for instant replay. FreedomCam.net offers discreet video cameras to help you avoid confiscation while checking power and protecting yourself. FreedomCam.net This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free. Dial in at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. 1-800-259-9231. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features there are free, so enjoy those, including archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, you can just click and download. They're there for you, and they're free. In fact, uh, if you click into the archives page, you go all the way back to 2006. All free for you, freetalklive.com. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get Every day, readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we have with coercive governments. Freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up, sign up for their daily dispatch. All right, 800-259-9231. We've got uh, Jason on the line with us here from Colorado uh, who's called in about some more economic issues. And you're really good, I think, Jason, at 
uh, expressing some of these ideas, which I find somewhat confusing. And at some uh, point or another, we're going to tell you to go get your own darn podcast. But for now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you've hey, been talking worry, about this. Mark, my family, my family comes back soon, and then I won't be on vacation anymore. You've, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> you're spending your vacation on this. Uh, so you, um, so you're talking about the stock market tonight, and you were predicting that we haven't seen the end of the uh, the difficulty for the the Dow Jones and the S and P 500. Uh, and I think that yeah, you're really going on a limb there, Jason. Well, but then he started talking about the PE. Now, can you uh, just kind of start from the scratch on PE one more time? Okay, so the PE ratio is basically, as Sam was saying, is an investor ratio. It's how investors value one dollar of earnings. So, if Disney was worth twenty dollars and they earn one dollar, their PE ratio is twenty. And so, all all that does is boil down to a number that basically tells you is the market. Overvalued, overvalued historically or undervalued, and PEs above 20 typically signal the tops of markets. PEs down right below 10 are typically the bottoms. The current S&P 500 PE ratio is 18. That's using the last 12 months of earnings, and that is uh, also using the uh, GAAP, which is basically the uh, non, non-frilly accounting, basically not the Enron accounting. Not the mark-to-market, so, yep. Mark the market, right. So so it's at 18, and that tells me it's going lower. All the stuff you see on TV about the earnings report, which, which were earnings are coming out right now, and everybody's, uh, you know, applauding over them, and they're all bogus because a lot of them are um, – a lot of the – first of all, the banks are zombie banks, so we know that they're cheating. And we know that a lot of the other industries, they, they put into this rule. You guys have talked about it in the past. It's the uh, accounting board standard, like 157. It basically allows – of the accounting profession to hide all the bad assets. Essentially, it's almost like authorizes in Enron accounting. So hmm. I don't trust I don't trust the numbers I'm hearing on CNBC and those other places. And all this basically points to an S and P 500 that's going to go below 600, below the March lows. And ultimately, with all this Keynesian uh, government spending, we're going to get a replay, I think, of Japan's uh, stock market, which is just grinded lower for 21 years. And you could mm-hmm. say that we're about, I don't know, 10, 10 or so into ours. Mm-hmm. Well, it hasn't really ground, uh, ground lower for more than a few years, right? I mean, like you said, it, it hit a peak of 14,000 a couple of years ago. So how can you say it's been going lower for 10 years? Because like Sam pointed out, we're, like right, we're, we're currently right where we were in 1999. So if about 11 years later, the stock market's basically identically to where it was in 99. And also, can you factor in inflation into the uh, the stock market value at all, or is that just not related? Uh, right, right now, since the as we talked about in the last couple of days, the they have the money has not hit the M one money supply and and faked all these numbers up into inflation adjusted terms. But I mean, ten thousand. Uh, yeah, what I mean, I'm the, what well, I'm thinking there though is like ten thousand dollars today isn't the same as ten thousand dollars in nineteen ninety nine. So if it's at ten thousand right. today and was at ten thousand in nineteen ninety nine, isn't that effectively? Less worthwhile. So the the stock market is, while the stock market is in decline, inflation is actually helping push the indexes like the Dow and the S and P five hundred back up because the money is actually worth less. Right. So it's an illusion. It's illusion. So I was going to say it's it's an illusion. It should be around. What's that? You you said if you take inflation into effect, it should be twelve thousand. Yeah. And that's I probably did this on a sheet with the paper the other day. I went to the Bureau of Labor Statistics on some government website, and you could type in. It basically tells you if you if you took uh, ten thousand in nineteen ninety nine, what would it have to be equal 
in uh, the year 2010, and it was like I think it was like 11 or 12,000. Yeah, but isn't that using course, the government's numbers on inflation, which are historically low? So shouldn't it be higher than that? I mean, isn't well, the, yes. Right, so you being yeah, conservative then by, by saying it's twelve thousand, you're you're being very conservative by using the government's inflation numbers, which are probably you know three times less than what they should be. They're about half. Like th- when it was three percent a while back, the real inflation was more like seven percent. So I've heard people saying yeah. it was like ten or eleven or twelve percent. So I guess well, it, it depends on who been, you ask. But, right? but it was up. It's been fluctuating. It's been coming back down a little bit lately. Gotcha. So all so. I'm trying to say is for listeners to stop contributing to their 401ks because. All the 401ks are basically, you can't short the market in a 401k. Uh, you're forced to go into basically these big, broad, diversified. Whenever you hear diversified, think of uh, the Nikkei. Think of grinding down uh, 75%. So stop contributing your 401k and spend that money on yourself now and your side businesses and other things. Yeah, I, that's exactly what I did is I, I'm completely out of the market. I have one more thing, one more uh investment that i need to move out so you're cashing in investing in yourself is the idea yeah exactly i mean i don't why would i keep money in the stock market with all of the inflationary spending that's going on with all of this um oh man the the countries are going to start going down like dominoes and greece has has been the first one and spain and portugal and the united kingdom and the united states are not that far off well jason didn't you say the other day or somebody did that uh, there's some other country italy or something like that that is essentially raiding people's 401ks well and there there's speculation now that they are actually the united states government is going in and and raiding the pension funds of all these government employees who think well i'll just keep doing my job because you know i got this pension coming well they're going to be government's going to take care of me awakening when the government screws them over spends their pension money and leaves them uh you know broke or giving them money that's that's hyper inflated that's worthless oh yeah here's your here's your thousand dollars a month it'll buy you a loaf of bread right enjoy was it you jason that was was telling us about the the other country i was talking about argentina the other night on the internet only uh show it was Argentina that did that, and the, and what they did is they they gave they took their version of 401k away, and they didn't give them nothing. They gave them what just Sam just described. They gave them basically a government annuity, and they promise you dollars or pesos, but not purchasing power. So mm. you'll get your thousand pesos. It just won't buy diddly squat. Mm. Right? Just like Social Security and all of the other government so, programs. So get it now and take the penalty or whatever that is. is the, uh, the that, suggestion. Well, you know, it's up to you to people to do what they want with their money. Having looked at all of the evidence out there and really looked in depth into some of these issues, that's what I decided to do. Yeah, I didn't say that's what you should do. I said oh, that was the suggestion. Okay. Uh, Jason, any other thoughts for tonight? Thank you. Thanks for the call and the expertise. I appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Mark, kind of quiet during that conversation. What do you think of that? I, I don't disagree. I mean, you do know. Do you have a 401k somewhere that? I don't know. You know, Jason brought up a good point, though, that the mainstream media is trying to play this off like, oh, no, everything's fine. People were, were coming out of the recession and it's all going to be blue skies and rainbows from here. And the people who are coming on saying, no, this is ridiculous. There's another housing crash coming. There's a commercial uh, real estate crash coming. There's hyperinflation around the corner. They're trying to play them off as kooks, but the evidence is piling up, and even the mainstream is admitting this looks like 1938. Let's come back uh, here with more. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Intellectual property coming up. 
On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Franks, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free. Bring up anything, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it is Ian. And Sam. And Mike. Sam is here with us from ObscuredTruth.com. You can go there and watch some of his uh, excellent video work, very liberty-oriented, documentary-style Filmmaking, news packages, that sort of thing. Obscuredtruth.com. As we continue here, our number 800-259-9231. And tell me about LCL Report, Mark. What is that? Well, um, Taryn Lupo from the LCL Report and Wheels Off Liberty, it's another show he does, he supports his full-time activism by selling Liberty-themed jewelry. You can support the ideas of liberty every time you buy some of his unique stuff. He um, also does custom work for just about anything you can dream up. You can find his designs at lclreport.com. That's for the Low Country Liberty Report, lclreport.com. All right, let's go to your phone calls and the fun. G is on the line in Georgia. G, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, G. Hello. You're on the air. Hey, Ian, how are you? Hey, dude, what's on your mind tonight? Oh, I was just calling. Um, I'm Mama Allie's fiance with the Last Biscuit. Yes, oh, we all been at Pork Fest and stuff. How are you doing, Mark? Well, it's good to talk to you. Okay. Um, we, something happened today that was kind of stressful but kind of hysterical at the same point, I guess. One of our employees had their vehicle stolen. He went oh. to the library to make copies of flyers, and some kid swiped his keys off the desk and stole his vehicle. Bummer. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, he called the cops. The cops came in, Savannah Police Department. They um, found his vehicle, sat there, watched it for an hour, and then basically tried to tell them after they had just gotten the vehicle stolen that they either have to pay for a tow or pay to get in the vehicle so forensics can do their job before they'll do anything. So, so the victims had to pay to have the vehicle towed before the cops could approach the vehicle and deal with it yeah before forensics would do anything they wanted it moved from there because it was such a bad neighborhood oh so it's about officer safety is what you're saying and uh, the fact that the the officers can't secure a neighborhood i mean let's let's point out that whose whose job is it to make a neighborhood safe exactly like i was trying to tell the police officer on the phone because they were giving me directions because i've been from savannah they're not from savannah and they just recently started working with it so they didn't know the area so the officer was telling me how to get there and I told her, so basically, these people just got their vehicle stolen. You're going to make them pay money before you'll do anything, <laughs> which is ridiculous to me. I could see paying the guy to make a key for the car or something like that. Sure. So not only that, they sat there for a good three hours sitting by the vehicle because the cops ended up leaving. The tow truck came, and he tried to hook up to the vehicle, which luckily Allie was on the phone with him and said, tell him to drop the car because... He didn't have the money for the tow anyways, and the cops, I don't know, around here it seems like they either have some kind of kickback or referral or something. Yeah, the cops normally have a real sweet relationship with uh, the folks at the uh, the tow departments. I mean, they both 
essentially help each other make money. The tow, exactly. Right. So the tow guys make money on the tow and the impound, and the cops make money on all of uh, all of the above as well. Yeah, I don't. And I, this isn't speaking to uh, the relationship between tow companies and police officers. But one time I had my vehicle towed, and the guys, uh, you know, I'm supposed I had one of this this AAA plus plan. They're supposed to drag the thing a hundred miles if I ask for it. Mm-hmm. And the, um, I I told them where I wanted to take it, and it was you know. No short distance, maybe 50 miles or something from uh, Venice, Florida to Bradenton, Florida. And the guy's like, oh, man, I don't want to go that far. You know, he was talking about how you know the tow, the tow driver was saying how he had a busy schedule or whatever. And sure. I'm like, but where do you want to take it? And he said, well, how about here? And he gives me some place that's nearby. And I said, all right, mm-hmm. well, take me there and we'll see how that goes. When he walks into the office, he gets uh, – the guy presses money into his hand. I don't know whether there's a right $20 – Right in front of you? Right in front of me. I don't know whether there's a $20 oh, wow. bill or a $50 uh-huh. bill. But, you know, this is Jeez. this is the kind of industry this is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, then not only that, the cops ended up leaving and the tow truck ends up leaving. The kid comes back out and tries to start the car while two of my employees are sitting behind it because this 15-year-old kid was smarter than the police department. They had all left. They didn't get their money. The tow truck guy didn't get his money. So the kid comes back out and tries to take the car again. And she ends up probably 5'7", jumping out and chasing him because there's no one else there to do it. Wow. It was like, it was crazy. So Mama Allie chased this guy down? No, it was one of our other employees. Oh, okay. Mama Allie's not 5'7". Gotcha. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> she, she was on the <laughs> phone telling him, though, at the right point to not let them tow your vehicle. Drop that vehicle. It's your vehicle, not theirs. It's not the cops. And of course, there's, So basically, probably, that was it. The cops, as soon as the vehicle was dropped, uh, the cops said, all right, well, we're done. And they... Yeah, uh, and the tow truck guy. He's like, well, okay, well, you guys all have a nice day because none of them could get the money. Right. Wow. <laughs> they were Protect giving them and no serve. Money. They didn't have any money. There was nothing to get. Well, you know, yep. it just... And then was... the, the, a guy came out and actually, the, he worked with a guy from the dealership and gave him a, a deal to get their key reprogrammed and everything for $45. Nice. So, and the kid, so the kid, even though he has the key, can't get back in the car. And, and everyone else was saying at least $200 and he came out there and did it for $45 just because of the story and the circumstances and everything. Y'all so should make actually, your copies at Staples from now on instead of the public library. There's some real scuzzy people that hang out there. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I've never left my keys outside of my pocket though. I guess, I mean, that's yeah, some that was, places you have to be that way. Help, yeah. That was a mistake, it, it, it that's sucks, for sure. Yep. Well, so, it could have been worse, I suppose. They could have wrecked it. So Yeah, that's what I was thinking if they would have been in a high speed chase or Gee, if thanks they for, found it and you know. Hey, thanks for sharing that story uh, with us tonight. Glad it didn't uh, wasn't as bad as it could have been. And it's another example for people of how it is the cops have no obligation to provide you with any services. Clearly, uh, they just walked away from this one. Thanks for the call. I appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Also calling from Georgia, Taryn from the LCL Report. Uh, Taryn, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, uh, thanks for the lead in there with the LCL Report because sure, it's actually um, what I wanted to call you about. All right. I got somebody who asked me if I would make a silver cracker for them, and I guess I'm out of touch because I didn't realize there's some sort of cracker movement and and I have no idea. Yeah, really I don't know what, what, it what is, is a cracker movement. I mean, I know that uh, I they know. call I people from Florida them. crackers. But that's kind well, of. A... I, I know. I know white guys. You know, always. You know, you joked around being called the honkies or crackers, but right. there's like seriously some sort of Facebook movement, and I don't know if it's a racist thing or not. I, I have no idea if I should make this thing. And so, uh, what do you know so about that's... it? I mean, what you've just heard that there's a movement. About... <laughs> Are you calling Free Talk Mark, Live about you know? popular culture? <laughs> yes, because I figure you're idea. on top of it. You're the one that actually listens to. <laughs> shows 
But my understanding is some sort of Sean Hannity thing. Like some guy called Hannity about, uh, I think he was a Black Panther, and he said something about crackers, killing crackers. So now everybody's putting up white crackers everywhere. But I don't understand. I Basically, I don't know enough about this if I should make this piece of jewelry or if it's racist. I'm when in doubt, leave it out. Know. That's what I say. <laughs> you, you say don't do it when? Yeah. Oh, that doesn't make sense. That's a that's a poor philosophy. When in doubt, know, you should. Uh, I mean, it if, sounds like if it you could don't be racist. Feel like it, 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 it's it's about race, and you know, when coming coming from the, the standpoint of, of being in prison and knowing what it's like to be a a, a minority as a white guy, one, being one of the few white guys that really knows what it's like to be a in the minority, mm-hmm. um, I. I have decided since then that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm putting aside that whole uh, race thing. That I'm, 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 I'm not whatever it is that other people um, have decided. But I, I can understand why some people choose to um, ally themselves with with their race. I mean, I have in the in the past, but it's just it's it's of all the things about me, it's it's the least important. I I agree with well, that. So, but uh, I mean. I'm just kind of having an ethical issue. Like, if I got asked to make a Black Panther piece, would I do it? And I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I guess I don't know enough about them to know if they preach violence or not. And that's that's what it comes down to. For My me, understanding, they do, but I, you know, what what would I know? Well, who's asking you about this? I mean, you don't have to name names, it, but. There was a person, you know how I get orders on Facebook. People look at my jewelry and send me stuff and order okay. stuff. I basically run a business off Facebook. Well, someone asked me to make a cracker, a silver cracker for them, and I had no idea what they're talking about. I put it as a post, and everybody told me, like, I'm getting a, a hundred different answers about well, what like, it what is. What about so. the person who asked you? Could you just go and ask them, what is this? You know, yeah, just... I, I did, but I was trying to get more of an opinion because I wasn't 100% sure, you know. Um, basically, it's, it's what I told you, that there was a Black Panther guy that started calling white folks crackers. You know, this and is so, like the, the Ron Paul campaign taking money from the racist, the, the $500 contribution or whatever. Should he take that? Well, Yeah, but they didn't make a little pendant for their uh, contributor right. with the KKK symbol on it. We can come back with more on this. Hang on, uh, Taryn, bring it back. Uh, if you've got an idea as to what this cracker thing's about, you're welcome to share it. It's Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Sam. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, just shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. It's that simple. You know Amazon. They're the world's largest internet retailer selling pretty much whatever you're looking for. Go there, grab a great price, get what you're looking for, and help Free Talk Live all at the same time by starting your shopping at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Taryn Lupo is with us from the LCL Report, LCLReport.com. And besides making uh, liberty-oriented news reporting-style videos for YouTube, Taryn, you also do custom jewelry. And folks can hire you to do that sort of thing over at lclreport.com. You were at the Porcupine Freedom Festival this year selling said uh, custom jewelry. 
and making it for people. And a lot of people are really, really proud of their uh, their LCL report uh, Terran jewelry. A lot of people have commented on how much they like it, and so clearly you've got your fans out there. I've got stuff, a new yeah. one coming. Uh, you've got one too. Uh, okay. Well, I've got a new one coming that he's working on right now. So, uh, so a lot of people uh, giving you cred, and it's uh, the word is obviously spread around. And now you've you've been faced with what appears to be a fairly tough decision, uh, and that is you've gotten somebody to come to you to commission you to make something that is a cracker. And you were wondering, what is that about? And so you posted to your Facebook, and I was reading that during uh, the break. Are you still with us, by the way, Taryn? Yeah, I'm still here. So you posted it to your Facebook asking people, well, what is this? And then one guy responds saying that state-run Republican media has been covering the daylights out of the Justice Department's failure to prosecute the Black Panthers and playing the tape of their leader calling for killing crackers. The phony conservative Hannity fanboys think it's funny to call themselves crackers. I don't think it's funny. And I tend to agree with Mark that uh, race, uh, I think, needs to be eliminated uh, from our vocabulary. I think people should be seen as individuals and should be judged based on you know what they decide to do, uh, what they say, and not what they look like or what the color of their hair is or the melanin uh, count in their skin. And so I think the, to, to that extent and to that end, maybe this is not an inherently racist thing, but it's certainly focused upon race. And so by by making that cracker, by looking for that cracker uh, emblem or, or jewelry, that may not mean that the person you're dealing with is racist. Uh, but on the other hand, it means that they're focusing on their whiteness, so to speak. And that makes me uncomfortable. I wouldn't do it if uh, I were you. But then again, it just depends on your priorities. I'd like to hear from Sam and Mark. I don't know if they're focusing on their whiteness, but they're. I think they're making a joke of, well, I'm a cracker. Come kill me. Ha ha. Well, it, it could. It's, I agree that that's the position likely they're taking. Mm-hmm. But another question that you could say um, that 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 could be sort of brought forth with a silver cracker in this case would be um, what's this gentleman's name? The the racist uh, the Black Panther leader guy. Don't know. I have listen, no clue. his name? Oh, his his name's in the news. If you listen to the the Republican talkers, and I've heard it in the last couple of days, but it, it I don't care enough about people disputing race to to even get involved. Mel Gibson's involved in somewhere in in all that crap too, um, but. You know, I guess the question could be, hey, my, people uh, people consider me to be white. They can they probably consider my son to be white. Do you want to kill us, man? Is that what you want to do? You know, I mean, you can you can put it forth in a more, in a, in a less combative fashion. Like instead of, hey, come over here and kill me. Like really, man, that's what you want to do. You want to kill white babies? Well, wait, what does that have to do with Taryn and whether or not he should make this because for his customer? Uh, because there, there's a lot of ways that one can take this. That silver cracker means whatever to you that it means to you. Now, it means whatever to the wearer that it means to the wearer. Mm-hmm. And what I say is, Taryn, you don't know what the heck this guy's thinking when he wants this white cracker. I would make it for him. Would you make a Confederate wow. flag, Taryn? Um, actually, you know, I don't know. Because a lot of people, that means slavery, right? People. And a lot like, of people I got a means... lot of heat. Because I would not make an American flag pendant somebody wanted. Oh, I, wow. I'm not a fan of the American flag. And uh, yeah, I got a lot, a lot right. of Right. What do you that. want your if business you, to be associated with? But if do you, you want, want your principled to, enough, you won't be making anything. Do you want your business to be associated with I don't with like that anarchist capitalist, uh, anarcho-capitalist uh, symbol that you make on there, um, on some of your jewelry, Taryn. And I got to tell you, I'm ne- you know, the, the, a lot of people in this movement uh, are neither anarchists nor are they capitalists. And, and mm-hmm. I, have, I, I take a front at it. So, I mean, where do you draw this particular line? You do have line? to draw a line somewhere, though, don't you? I mean, clearly, you don't want to be... I think it's here. Right, and, that, and thank you for that opinion. Taryn, now you've gotten three, three different ones, so uh, how are you feeling? <laughs> I'm even more confused than ever. 
All right. Well, thanks for the call. I'll, I'll have to go to my, uh, Mike and Jamie and let them tell me how it is. Oh, Mike and Jamie, like you're going to get a straight answer out of those two. It will at least liberty. amuse you. <laughs> hey, Taryn, uh, let us know what you end up deciding on that and why. All right. Thanks. I'm, I, I'm, I'm feel. I'm not feeling it. I don't think I'm going to do it. But I, just because I simply don't understand it that well, and I, I don't, I don't. It's good Get to be it. in a position where you don't need the money that badly. Like, I mean, if it was a ma- if it was a matter between putting food on the table and not, I'd say go ahead and make that person, you know, whatever they want. Uh, so I think the the line could change based on one's personal comfort zone and and where one is at in life. And thank you for the call, Taryn. I appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine. 9231, uh, yeah, you get to be in charge of your life, so you could draw the line wherever makes you feel good. I think that's what's most important, is that you feel good about what you're doing. Let's go to Larry in Washington. Larry, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hi, guys. Hey, what's uh, on your mind? Just for, from the Just for Fun department, Cracker came out of Charleston, South Carolina. And after the uh, Civil War, what used to be the slave market in Battery Park in downtown Charleston uh, became a produce market on Sundays. And on Sundays, when the good people were coming out of church, the poor white trash from across uh, on the mainland uh, would be coming across the bridge with their wagons and carts full of produce and pigs and chickens and stuff, and you could hear the crack of the whip over the donkeys. And here come the crackers. And crackers just means poor white trash, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the origination of it. And honkies came out of Chicago, Illinois. Chicago Board of Trade, once upon a time, rich white guys used to drive Cadillacs and Lincolns. And when they got off work and they would go looking for a girl, they would uh, drive down uh, the strip or the stroll or the blade, and uh, they'd see a girl that they wanted, and they would honk the horn, and Daddy would say, hey, go get that honky, because he was honking the horn. True story. Now I heard right. that, no. see I I I've heard many uh, uh stories behind both of these 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 uh, uh names here and I like your stories best. But um, Okay, now <laughs> let's heard, look I, at uh Louis Farrakhan. I don't know if you know who he was or not. Yeah. But he took the N-word and through systematic desensitization took all of the power out of it and it became what up my was up. And it totally took the power away from white people using the N-word to cause any commotion with the black people. And so I think what the guy that wants the silver cracker is trying to play the white Louis Farrakhan, just as a possibility. Hmm. Now, if you consider race, I dare anybody to take all the human beings on this planet and put them shoulder to shoulder from the blackest black to the whitest white and draw the line. Where is the line? Hmm. Race is only a word and exists only in and as a function of language. What if there's just a human race as opposed to an alien race? Race was coined and devised by the elite to create divisions between human beings on this planet. So now we have Brown people and black people and red people and, boy, and white did that people. Work. Yeah, I don't know that and it was it devised and by the elite. We still buy into no. it. We still buy into it. Oh yeah, it goes back and even in Africa. The lighter people have always been the desirable ones. <laughs> I used to get a kick out of it when I was a therapist, and I'd go to black people's homes, and they'd have a picture of a blonde-eyed or a blonde-haired, blue-eyed Christ on the wall. And Christ could not possibly have been white. No way. From Ethiopia. He had, you know, skin of bronze and hair of wool. You know, but the white people foisted somehow this blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus on everybody. And it's just, that's why you've got the man 
and why uh, <clears throat> black people couldn't be the man, so boy became, hey, boy, like that. And that was real derogatory, and that's why it became, hey, bro, hey, brother. Thanks, anyway, for, that. Thanks for that, Larry. Thought, guys. I, I appreciate that. Good information. Uh, very interesting. Thank you at 800-259-9231. Now, Wikipedia claims that honky may be a variant of hunky, which was a variant of bohunk, a slur for bohemian-Hungarian immigrants. Honky might also derive from the term honk-nop, which in the West African language of Wolof means literally red-eared person or white person. The term may have originated with Wolof-speaking slaves brought into the U.S. Another documented theory and possible explanation for the origins of the word is that white men called Johns would honk their horns for prostitutes in urban areas, such as Harlem and red-light districts in the early 1900s. Which one, the latter of the three? Yeah, the Chicago honk in the horn. Right, it does, it does, I've always found me. that one uh, that that slur particularly Come amusing. Honky. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it, it doesn't feel very insulting to me. It's hard to it's hard for me to imagine somebody being able to say the word honky and make me feel bad about it. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line, and you can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Uh, one thing that's nice that I think is we're going to see more of in the future is interracial relationships, which will help make everybody brown. Because uh, then uh, we won't have any more race if everybody's a mix. Yeah, and it, it, it'll make uh, sunscreen. Um, you won't have to spend as much money on sunscreen. We'll come back uh, with more. Hour number two is on the way. Intellectual property discussion still ahead. It's Free Talk Live. Bring up anything. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian. And Sam. And Mark. And we invite you to our website. You can go, get interactive with other listeners. You can influence the stuff we'll talk about on the air, submit show prep suggestions to the site. Other listeners then We'll vote up or vote down on your suggestions, and you can vote up and vote down on theirs. And the most popular ones will end up on the front page and the top of the website. It's all free, so enjoy it at freetalklive.com. Coming up, uh, we'll touch on intellectual property and take your calls about anything. That's what we're going to do first. And we've got Dan in Arizona. On uh, Dan, you're on Free Talk Live. Thanks, Ian. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, I'm uh, like... Um really seriously about moving to New Hampshire. Well, great. And, and uh, I've never been east of Mesa, Arizona, so it would be an adventure for me. It certainly would. 
So what's got you so excited about it? I had a run-in with the cops today. <laughs> so okay. it was just today yeah. that you decided it was a good time to, to come to New Hampshire? It must have been pretty serious. Uh, no, well, you know, uh, no, they, they banged on my door because uh, to, I'll, I'll, be t- I'll be perfectly honest with you. I had a little bit to drink, and, mm-hmm. and I went to my neighbor's house. I was walking down the street, and um, I was talking to them. I meant them no harm, even though I was, you know, under the influence. And I guess I scared them. I didn't mean to scare them, but, um, you know. What did you do? Then I didn't do what, what? What did I do? I mean, what was you so said that scary? You sca- um, yeah, like yeah. how? Did, how do you think they became scared? Um, I wanted to walk their dog. The the neighbor's dog. Is this something yeah. you've done before? I mean, have you taken yeah, care did, of their dog? I did it before. Yeah, I did it before. Yeah, I've okay. done it before. And uh, at anyway, at any rate, they didn't understand. And um, uh, so I, I, they told me to go away. So I, I eventually I went away. I came home, and about 20 minutes later, I get a bang, 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 and the cops are at my door. Now, were you just, I'm just curious, how badly did you want to walk their dog? Were you yelling at them that, uh, you no, know? No, I wasn't, no, no, I wasn't yelling at them. No, I wasn't yelling. What do you think drove them to call the police? I mean, because if my neighbor I, comes up to my door and says, ah, no, I don't no, no, know, no, I don't know. No, no, no! I didn't go to their door. They were out in the front yard. Right. If my neighbor stumbles up to me, stumbles up to me in the front yard and is obviously inebriated and says he wants to walk my dog, it, that's not going to drive me to call the police on him. I mean, presume it's them that called the cops. Yes. I'm, uh, wait a minute, Ian. I don't understand what you're asking me. Did okay. they call the police on you? Why? How were? How yes. did the police? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. I'm just trying to understand what would have motivated them or scared them so much about your appearance or your demeanor. That would have. It seems unusual that a, a neighbor who was friendly with you enough to allow you to walk said dog in the past would then decide to call the police on you. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I was on the sidewalk. I didn't enter their property at all, and um, I I left and came home. Okay, so you don't remember what it might have been that uh, had incited them to call the police. Somebody in their in in their family or whatever. Uh, called the cops. Okay. So right. I came home. Twenty, thirty minutes later, I get a bang, bang, bang from Phoenix Police and uh, city or I county. Probably... What is it? City or county? City. City is usually the police. County is usually sheriff. Okay. So I, I probably shouldn't open, open the door, but I did. Mm, yep. And, they, and well, anyway, they uh, they came into my house. Oh boy, yeah, that's not good. They came into my house and cuffed me. For what? Uh, right off the bat. I, well, well, what? Because I told them to go away. <laughs> were they charging you with something or just using the handcuffs to physically no, restrain you? No, they you? weren't charging me with anything. Okay, to make a long story short, mm-hmm. they uncuffed me and went away. Hmm. And what did they say to you while they were there? They, they were trying to bait me to say something. They asked me for my license and, and uh, identification, and I told them no. They asked me my name, and I told them no. To make a long story short, it pushed me over the edge. I'm going to move to New Hampshire where I can associate with uh, uh, true libertarians. Well, with, uh, 
That'll no, be good, I and I appreciate that. However, the entire state of New Hampshire is not full of libertarians. There are busybodies that live here just like anywhere else, and so I would recommend that uh, you keep to yourself if you're going to be uh, enjoying the uh, the uh, the spirits. <laughs> no, it's no. certainly more free, though. I mean, it is there, more there free have been here, fireworks yeah. going off in my neighborhood constantly, and I, I don't think anybody's been bothered enough to call the police. But now when we used to do that in Dallas, Texas, every year, you know, without fail, the police show up if you're trying to light fireworks in the neighborhood. And we've got the, the nightcaps that have, been ha- that have been happening on a nightly basis uh, where people are out drinking alcohol in public. Uh, mm-hmm. And the, the police have driven by and waved to us when we've waved at them. Uh, now, that's not to say they won't crack down tomorrow night, but so far it's been going on uninterrupted for a matter of, uh, of weeks. So you certainly will have a, a friendlier atmosphere here. I just Your story just makes me wonder what was going through their minds. I just wonder who it was that called. Did, did you ever identify the exact culprit, or is it just you believe that it's the person next door? Well, well they were about three or four houses down across the street. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know who exactly it was. I see. I think it was... I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go and um, antagonize the situation. Oh no, certainly not, and that's good, and I appreciate that. I'm just, I'm just trying to understand: is there somebody that uh, maybe in your immediate vicinity that doesn't like you for some reason? You know, somebody's got a oh, grudge no, against you? No, no, no. Well, I, I have no idea. I don't care. I'm not, I'm not a violent person. Sure. And that's you know, good. How would you know, right? I mean, if somebody's a busybody and they don't like you, odds are good they're going to keep to themselves. They're going to watch through their front windows. And they're going to say, that darn Dan, he's drunk again. I'm calling the police. Something <laughs> no, like that, that right? It. No, it wasn't, it wasn't anything like that. Well, no. now you wouldn't know because you don't know who called them on you, right? Well, no, I don't. I don't. I don't. I know. Well, I know uh, about two months ago I approached them about their dog, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a big, giant, uh, mastiff dog. It's about 150 pounds. I said, I'd like, I, I, I asked the kids, and, this, and one of the kids is the 16-year-old kid, which was out there today. He's a big guy. He's bigger than me. He's twice mm-hmm. as big as me. At any rate, I said, I convinced them to allow me to uh, introduce myself to their dog with my dog which is uh, a 45-pound German Shepherd, like miniature German Shepherd. Okay. Okay. And uh, actually, I'm a dog trainer. Okay. I call myself a dog trainer, but my real dog trainer is my dog. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He, he, he calms dogs down. He, he's, he's, a, he's a dog's gotcha. dog. He's a dog Okay. Whisperer. At any rate, so I said, come on, man. Let me, let me, uh, I convinced him, let me, let me introduce my dog to your dog. He says, he finally said, okay. Yeah. And he brings his dog out and his dog comes out, this big giant dog, right? Right. And they sniff butts like That's dogs what they do. do. Right. Yeah. And, and everything was cool. And I, I knelt down and I, I petted his dog and the guy's eyes were bigger than friggin' lemons, right? He's going, geez, what the hell? He's never acted like this. And I said, that's cool. You know, so what, he was surprised I, that because his dog is normally uppity and, and your dog calmed him down? Was that the idea? Right. All right, man. Yeah, well, hey, thanks and good luck with your trip and thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, very very uh, unusual story. Uh, like, why would they call the cops on that guy? What, what are we missing out of that? And he doesn't know. He was maybe a little too drunk to remember. It sounds that way. That's, that's what I'm thinking. Like, he might have said something that was a little weird and it, uh, it spooked him out or, or whatever that he doesn't recall saying. 
That's my guess, guys. What yeah, you, what I, I, I'm at a loss. I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. It's I mean, you know, <laughs> but I mean, the cops coming in to handcuff somebody just oh, yeah. to talk to him—that's pretty outrageous. Yeah, and then they let him go without charging him with any crimes. So, and he knew what he did wrong too, right? I mean, he realized it after probably right as he opened the door. He probably realized he shouldn't Oops. have done that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's never really any reason to let those guys in. So, if you feel like you have to talk to him, you should go outside the house, close the door behind you. But probably better to take Barry Cooper's advice and not even talk to them in the first place. Don't talk to him through the door. That's an option. But don't talk to him through the door and certainly don't open the door for them. They're not there to help you. We're coming up. This is Free Talk Live. In the decades to come, hardy adventurers will colonize the solar system, rediscovering freedom and finding vast new wealth. But the government of Earth will seek to extend its power and claim that wealth as its own any way it can escape from terra volume one the first trade paperback collection of the popular adventure webcomic series is available now for 12.95 from big head press at bigheadpress.com This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features there. They are free. Including our webcam. You can go and watch and listen to the show and also interact with other listeners. Sam's in the chat room here tonight. Uh, you can get in the chat room as well. It's all there on the webcam page. Go to cam.freetalklive.com. Watch, listen, and interact at cam.freetalklive.com. The cam, by the way, brought to you by memorydealers.com. They offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zenpacks, and X2s. They're 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco 3Com Foundry, Alcatel, and HP at up to 99% off list price. Memory dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. In stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery, MemoryDealers.com. As we continue, we take your phone calls about what you want. Ladies first, Mama Allie is with us in Georgia calling from The Last Biscuit. Hello, Mama Allie. Hi, Ian. Hey, we heard that uh, your driver got uh, his car stolen today. Hers. Yeah. I'm sorry, are you you still there? Hello. Uh, You cut out for just a moment there. Go ahead. I said, yeah, it's been a crappy day. I'm sorry to hear about that, but there's got to be good news, right? I have some cool things to talk about, though. Good, yes. Some happy things to talk about. I like that. Go for it. Um, We today put together something I have been trying to do for a while, and of course, you know, my food comes first, so a lot of things get put off, but Miss Robin stepped up today and decided that she would take over the Free Minds room at the soon-to-come Cane Last Biscuit. And if you guys would go to Facebook, and we have a group called the Shire School, where I'd like to give that shout-out to anybody that has kids, that knows somebody that has kids, got some family, got some nephews, nieces, whatever, anybody that's going to public school or going to homeschool, hopefully we can get them, keep them from going to public school because you know it's going to ruin their minds. <laughs> but... It's a place where all of our kids, liberty-minded kids, can get together and they can homeschool together on their own level and their own pace, and they can be around other kids just like them that has families that are open-minded, and they can explore things in their own way. 
This so, is a, a pretty cool idea, and I'd, I'd seen some of the, uh, I guess, the, the beginnings of this discussion over at Facebook. Now, just to bring our listeners up to speed, uh, you are the proprietor of uh, the, the uh, Savannah Last Biscuit, which is a business you've been running now for almost a couple of years uh, there, to, around the clock, 24-7 in Savannah, delivering food uh, to people's homes, and you're doing it all without asking government permission to do so, which I, I think is heroic, personally. You've taken that concept, you're writing a book, you're going to help people duplicate it where they live so they can have their own Last Biscuit or their own delivery service. Uh, so you're giving out your expertise, you're working on that, and at the same time, you're setting up kind of a franchise location, if you will, uh, where you're going to have a Last Biscuit operation operating here in uh, in Keene, New Hampshire. Now, you are doing more than that, though. I mean, you're talking about this uh, this room, basically, where people will be able to bring their kids, liberty-loving families getting together and, and bringing homeschoolers together in uh, some sort of collaborative environment. Also, you've been talking about, you know, having uh, gatherings there, like a private club sort of thing. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have two separate rooms. We have the Free Minds room, and then we have the Freedom Lovers Lounge. And, of course, last visit, we'll be taking care of the kids, making sure that they're fed, and taking care of the people that are chilling at the bar, too. Which, you know, during the day, there's going to be a lot more educational things there for the kids. And I think that it'll be a great place for them to be able to access the kind of materials that we would like to have them access. But because so many people feel like they're alone out there, and I realize I can't wait to get there and not feel like that no more, but... <laughs> I think it'll be great for the kids to be able to feel like that, too, because homeschoolers so often feel like only children, and mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So I think it'll be great for them to be able to get together and know that they're taken care of, and we can know that you know, nobody's going to be up in our business, whether or not our kid had to go out of school early for an hour because she had to go home or you know, for whatever reason. You know, it, I think it's going to be really great. I'm well, super, super excited about it. I being. love, I love the idea. My my one concern is this. I mean, you talked about no being nobody being up in your business. You you're already going to be operating. You know, this 24 hour delivery service serving the the people in the Keene area with delicious uh, food uh, of a you know, maybe a southern fare, but who knows what you'll end up adding down the line. Uh, you'll mm-hmm. be serving up this food, and you're sending your your drivers out because people historically have not been allowed to come and pick up from the kitchen but basically what you're saying here is you're going to you're going to be somewhat public uh with the location of i mean at least public amongst the activist crowd the location of the kitchen aren't you worried about security risks um we do have a door list that we're creating right now um we're pretty much checking out people as good as we can with of course your advice and a few other key people that we have met that we do put our trust in there um the door is going to be just like my door at my house now locked at all times so it is going to be a safe place for us. The cops will not be allowed to come in for any reason, not to mess with our children, not to mess with our food, not to mess with our business, not to mess with anything. So, yes, we will still be doing what we're doing, but I'm taking care of our kids, too, and if they don't like it, then kiss my ass. So, Well, if, if you all have a bunch of traffic, I mean, you're going to have the delivery person leaving frequently throughout the day, so you've got that kind of traffic, and then you're going to have other people coming and, and, and hanging out there. I just, you, you are a very uh, courageous woman. I'm a multitasker. And I have a back door and a front door. And, you know, uh, and, you know, worst case, right, the cops come in and make a bus during the homeschool day and you've got a bunch of kids around. I mean, that's not going to look good for them. Well, you know, it's not like they can, number one, they can't come in. They're not, they're, I don't have anything illegal for them to have a warrant for. Food is not illegal. So, you know, they, they, they can't come in. That's, them getting a warrant is like zero percent chances. And them coming in without, because I'm opening the door, is also a zero percent chance. Well, that's good to know. And I'm sure if you've got uh, Liberty activists hanging around, you'll likely have somebody with a camera nearby. So in case oh, something yes. does and, go and wrong. And you know that the Freedom Lovers Lounge and KLB, we are all open carry friendly. You know, we feel free 
to open carry at the Freedom Lovers Lounge because I want them to know that they're not welcome. You know, they, we don't want anyone to bother us. We want to be able to enjoy our children and our lives the way that we want to. Yeah, I don't know and, that the open carry is going to be any in any way helpful for that, but um, I... You know, I I think that uh, your non-compliance by opening the door is far more valuable than uh, than, than somebody open carrying because they, the cops just don't recognize it up here. It means nothing to them. It's you know, it's legal. I'll take I'll take all values, big, small, little. I'll take all of the little pieces that it's going to take to make people feel comfortable in being free, to be able to let their children feel comfortable in being free. Well, I think it's great. You know, I'll and, take and, all the little pieces. And I'm excited to hear more uh, family kind of uh, things happening up here in, in New Hampshire, specifically in the Keene region. That's where we're doing the show. Uh, it's kind of been that some of the families have really focused on some of the other areas of the state, and now we're starting to see more families come in here to the Keene area. And, and, and I know that you've joined the families group. There's uh, the Monadnock Families for Liberty. Uh, folks can go to families.freekeen.com to learn more about that. And, and there was a, a gathering like about a month ago where about 20 people turned out and a, a good amount of kids and parents and some of the single folks from around here showed up too. And, and it was a nice little gathering. Mark, you were there for that. And it was yeah, good, it was right? nice, oh, yeah. Uh, I'm so excited. You guys have, like, the biggest pumpkin festival in the world. My birthday is Halloween. And so, look, (laughs) we're going to have, like, the biggest pumpkin carving contest ever, ever, ever. It's going to be so much fun. Well, looking forward to it. Uh, Thank you, Mama Allie. Always appreciate hearing from you, and we'll let you get back to work. She is uh, incredibly – she's one of those success stories, right? Dynamic. Yeah, she's dynamic, and she's one of those real big success stories where uh, Taryn – I think it was Taryn Lupo from LCL Report kind of turned her on to uh, the, the Liberty Movement. And it sounds she, like she was already mostly there. She was definitely, uh, I think, sympathetic for sure. Um, but but uh, brought her on board, and then she came up to the Porcupine Freedom Festival and caught the bug. I think one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. At least the bug to get up here real quick, like because it was like right after that that she was talking about launching another Savannah Last Biscuit. This would would be the Keen Last Biscuit. You can go and get on uh, that Facebook group at Keen Last Biscuit. More coming up. Oh, and Last Biscuit is one word. This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. Take control. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got the shrine of female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing they are indeed listeners of this program. I've got another uh, shriner that I need to put up. I just haven't gotten around to it, so... uh, Bear with me. There's been a lot going on, a lot of drama going on today. We'll get into uh, those details when we get a chance. Uh, but go to shrine.freetalklive.com. Take a look at the uh, the shrine. Actually, it's uh, it's Robin who uh, who Mama Allie mentioned there. One of the soon to be movers uh, here to the. I think she's going to move to uh, Peterborough in uh, New Hampshire, but the Keene area in general. One of the the families that we were talking about that's uh, that's moving up here. Her and her husband and three kids. So we got all kinds of kids and stuff coming in here to the area. Of course, Michelle Seven just got here with her three kids as well. So it's like a a family explosion going on up here, and I think that's good news. Anyway, so uh, go to shrine.freetalklive.com. You can become part of the Shrine of Female Listeners, and thanks in advance for that. Until we can get a better dispute resolution organization, the uh, the current one that we have is 
the judicial system. Jurisdictionary.com explains to you how to use its rules step-by-step, how to fill out the forms, get evidence, move the court, set hearings, do research, draft pleadings. It's all there. It's all written by a doctor of jurisprudence who wants you to know how to protect yourself from other members of his profession. It's written in the fashion that an eighth grader can grasp in less than 24 hours. It's an exhaustive amount of material that will... uh, that uh, you know that you're going to use for reference. It's jurisdictionary.com. I have uh, studied the course. I think it's great. Sam, you've studied the course. I have. Awesome. Yep, it's great. Worth it. Jurisdictionary.com. We continue with your phone calls. Joe is in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Joe. Hi. How you guys doing? Super Joe. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, I just had a quick story about the TSA and maybe a. Uh... I get some advice, perhaps. I know that Sam's there, and he has some experience. Yes, he does. Quite with a bit. them. Well, we were going through the airport security about a month ago, and um, our son had left um, a double-sided knife in our bag, and he uses it for hunting. And uh, they they found it, and we had searched the bag before we left. Oh, jeez. Did not find it, and didn't think that anything was in there, and went through the screener, and they, they found it after two tries. And... Um, they called the sheriff over and had to write up an incident report because it was a double-sided blade. Yeah, it depends on the state, was, I think. She, the sheriff, the woman that came over to the sheriff, she was very mean and aggressive when she walked up to me because it was my bag they went through. Mm. And she was saying, you know, she, she wouldn't let me talk until she found out exactly what happened with the screener. And then suddenly my partner, he's a ex ex-police officer, but he still is in an investigation, so he has a badge. And I, I tried to tell him not to do this, but he said, let me, let me do this. And he told him what he was, you know, mil- uh, police or uh, law enforcement. And, oh, boy, she changed around right away. Really? Very, <laughs> of course. Yeah, she said, uh, she said, um, oh, sorry. That's she okay. Said, uh, she said, um, oh, well, uh, let, you, I'm sorry, sir, you know, come over here with me and, um, she said, you take the ticket because they'll be more lenient on you, and uh, then we'll be less likely to find you because of that. Yeah, she said, Anyways, oh, oh uh, you're a fellow gang member. Well, come on over here. Yeah. Let me, let me, this is just a quick misunderstanding. Professional we'll have you on your courtesy way soon. in action. This is yeah. how it's done. But the funny thing is, uh, a month later, we got our bill, our letter in the mail, and they, was, they fined us 250 bucks. Oh, that was going to be my question, because uh, we had heard about this happening in the past, and it had been a few, I think it's been a couple, two, three years since we've actually heard about somebody telling the story of receiving a fine later on down the line, uh, and uh, it's it's interesting to know that it's still going on. Uh, are you going to pay uh-huh. it? Um, well, the, the thing is, it's not in my name. I wouldn't pay it if it was in my name, but in his name, so he, <sighs> there's five options I give you. One is to pay it within 30 days, and they'll reduce the fine by 50%. <laughs> and, they give, and they give you all the credit. They give all the credit card information on the form. You know, easy payment option. Uh-huh. And then they also do um, a formal. You can request a formal hearing. Formal hearing, informal, so not a court yeah. case, right? An not administrative hearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or an informal hearing, which you can call and try to plead your case, or you can uh, request a reduce in fine based on. Financial circumstances, but you have to provide last year's tax returns and all this sure. information. <laughs> and the fifth option? Anyways, Wait, did I miss the fifth I option? Don't want, he's afraid not to pay it because he's, you know, in law enforcement. Right. And so I just wonder, do they, I don't know what they do if, they don't, if you don't pay it. Do they not 
I, that is a great question. The only person I know of who has never paid one of those fines is Russell Canning. And he is, uh, you know, he's a little bit off the radar, so I don't know how they'd be able to track him down or, or what they could do. But that would be mm-hmm. something that I'd be interested in finding out if somebody wants to, uh, you know, dig up that information and, and maybe read people's stories online. Because I imagine the supermajority of people are out there paying these things. I mean, that's oh, government. Yeah, you do. You do a search online and, you know, everyone says pay it. Right. Pay yeah. It. Well, I mean, government, uh, you know, counts on you being obedient and uh-huh. you being intimidated by them. It would seem like the worst case scenario would be that they would garnish your wages or something like that. Yeah, they, the, line. the worst case, I would think, is they put you on the no-fly list because no only terrorists list. don't don't pay don't the, pay the, the fines. TSA fines. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. If someone has any, any uh, I appreciate you guys talking about this stuff because... Yeah, I you know I'm tempted to to sort of uh, take a, maybe call into Mark Stevens' uh, radio show, the No State Project, and sort of ask uh-huh. him how he would uh, attack this and what kind of questions uh-huh. he would ask, ask the, the bureaucrats. bureaucrats in order to to point out that what they're doing is completely fraudulent and against the Constitution and all the things right. that they say they're under. It's incredible because I we had no idea that the spying system was in place. I mean, aren't they oh, yeah. there to protect? I mean, they're there supposedly to protect. No. You find stuff like this, so you find it, and then they fine you for it. I mean, <laughs> are, we, are, we, are we paying them to do that? Supposedly. Yeah. What's the fine have to do with keeping uh, people safe on airplanes? You know, nothing. Yeah, exactly. Not a damn thing. The same reason they fine you for everything else in in life that they uh, this, <laughs> they've, they've deemed is against their rules. They create a rule for right. the uh, purpose of getting people to break it, so they can then issue fines to them and supplement their budgets. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So let, oh, and, uh, us know, let us know what happens, will you? I will. And one last quick thing. Yes, sir. Uh, I, right before I called you guys, uh, a census worker came to my door. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I, film, I filmed it, and he said he'd be back, or someone else would be back. <laughs> what did you, what, so would you, what was the, tra- well, I mean, what conversation transpired? Well, the funny thing is, well, I, I stupidly opened the door. I saw him with the clipboard out there, and I'm like, who is this? And so I opened it, and he uh, basically said, I'm with the census, and um, I'm here to ask you a few questions. And I had turned in... I, I had turned in just the basic how many people live here. Uh-huh. Okay. You know, because, again, you know, pressure from my partner. But anyways. <laughs> it's always uh, those well, significant turned, others that are getting in people's way of being I free. Know. I know. So I, I, I said, well, I turned the form in. I mailed it back. He said, oh, really? I, I see that you haven't. And I said, well, I don't know what to tell you. Well, your computer and, system sucks. Uh, we I, know that. Yeah. It's and I broken. filmed it, actually. I, saw, I put it on my camera, and he was like, oh, he was really surprised when I, the camera came out. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, he, I, I went online and found your video, Ian, and I said, I want to kind of research what you had done. I like how you approached that, that one worker. She was really nice, and I kind of want to use that same approach when the next person Yeah, folks back. can go look for that. Uh, if you search YouTube yeah. for Say No to the Census, uh, you'll come up with both of the encounters I've had. I haven't had one since then. Uh, it's my understanding that the third encounter was supposed to happen, but the young lady apparently allegedly reported back that, uh, and I can't say how I know this, but uh, the young lady who was here the second time allegedly reported back that she did visit a third time uh, and that I recorded her or something like that. So she completely fabricated that because I never had a third visit. I was not home if she made a third visit. And if I wasn't home, I certainly didn't record her while she was visiting. So You're probably know. too afraid. <laughs> I think that's what it was. And it's weird, too, because she handled it really well. Like, she was really yeah. cool and really nice. And I would have enjoyed talking to her a second time. So. Yeah. What can you do? Hey, thanks for the call yeah. tonight. Let us okay, know what happens you. and post okay. that video up online, too, so people can see it. And then maybe link to it over at freetalklive.com. You can post it up there as uh, one of the, the news items there on the site. 
1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Will we talk about intellectual property tonight? Hopefully. <laughs> if you allow us, it's up to you. You get to call in, bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free. 800-259-9231. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Help Free Talk Live via the AMP program for just $3 per month, and you'll get access to exclusive call-in lines, a chat room, and a forum at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian. And Sam. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features there for free. They are included. There is no cost to the website. You just go and, well, there's a cost to us, but not to you. You just go and use it and enjoy it and enjoy the features like the bulletin board system, the listening options, and more. But if you do want to voluntarily support the show, you may do so. Uh, by promoting Free Talk Live. You go to promote.freetalklive.com, get a list of things that you can do there to uh, help get Free Talk Live into more ears around the world, around the country. Go to promote.freetalklive.com as we go to your phone calls. David is in Montana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, David. Hey, my white brother crackers. What's up? <laughs> I don't consider myself white. I'm a human being, but go ahead, Dave. Well, I was just said that in... Uh Kind of like it's a joke. In jest, ha, ha, yes. Ha, you know, it ain't. Them guys are like the the Black Panthers that were saying that or whatever. I think they're kind of provocateurs. But anyway, could be. Yeah, and I tend to think that about they're anybody. They're so dinosaur. Around. They're so dinosaur, man. You know, who, who's? Come on, we. Anybody that got half a brain knows that. It, it's there, but it, it's kind of perpetrated on us, and there's a majority of us that's over that, that right. dinosaur. To some extent, um, racism's real in, in America. It absolutely is true. It, it, on, right. from, from the white from white people are racist against black people. It's true. There's racism on both sides. But at the same but... time, um, there is this kind of reliance on racism from the black people. Um, you know, saying, "Well, uh, the white people don't like us, so we don't want to do anything." And this is these are just broad generalizations. I'm just saying that there's 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 bad thoughts on both sides. If right. people act like, hey, I'm black and I, could, and I could be president or whatever, I could that, be an important person, then the, it would be less of an issue. The evidence that we're getting over to racism is that we got Obama as president now, you know, and, and, that, and that really says something, I think. And But anyway, I didn't call about that. I call in the... What the last call I heard was, I want to tell you a story. Me and my son were coming back from New York City after we visited Grandma and Grandpa. We went to the Empire State Building and Statue of Liberty, and we bought them little pewter knick-knack things that they sell of them. Sure. You know? And we put him, I put them in his little backpack, put it on his back. We were coming back through, and the dude pulls them things out of his backpack, and he was going to take them. So I reach across and I grab his hand and I pull him out of his hand. I said, "You ain't taking these things." I wow. said, "I bought them for my kid." He pushes a little button on his uh, belt, and all of a sudden there's like these big five fat dudes that if that if I wanted to, I could have pushed one into the other, knocked them all over, and ran away. They would have never caught me. So anyway. I'm saying, hey, man, this is, you could use these as weapons. I said I could use my hands as weapons. Let me see if I've got this straight. You're talking about a pewter statue of the Statue of Liberty. 
Yeah, and the Empire State Building. They didn't like the little antenna on the oh, top. Oh, you could stab someone with that. Pewter? But you could stab somebody <laughs> with your finger right in the yeah. eye. Boom, knocked her out. Sure you out. could. Sure you yeah, could. Yeah, but anyway. Wow. <laughs> so anyway, we had a big argument, and the oh. guy knew I wasn't giving, I wasn't budging. And, and what he did was make me go through the line again and all of that stuff. And and, and we got through to but uh, that's and that then, is got it. That is really quite the moment, Dave. I mean, you had. Did they actually successfully confiscate it from you? No, they no. didn't take them. I spent over forty bucks for them things. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to let them take them. I wanted the money. I told them I want the money and everything, and they were like, "No, no, no." I said, "Well, then we're not. He ain't going to use them as no weapon." I told him, and I'll watch that. He don't. I told him. Unbelievable! Yeah. I mean, it's just amazing that right. the, and that's the hubris reason. of these people that, that, that we're going to just take the Statue of Liberty from you. I mean, how right. obvious <laughs> can they be? <laughs> I swear, oh, man. That's, that's what I was trying to tell them. I was like going, you know, we're turning into Nazi land here. And that's another reason why I called. You know, we just celebrated the 4th of July, right? The Independence Day, the, the Declaration of Independence, that we hold these true self-evident that all men are created equal. And we got these people that want to turn my country, that that the creed is that all men are created equal all over, you know, and that with freedom and, and we have rights from God, our creator, and, and, and all these Christians being so Christian. They made me think that Christianity is like the Federal Reserve. There's nothing federal and there's no reserve, just like the Christians. They don't, they don't have no faith and there is no God in their Thing because they want to put a fence around my country and throw people away that want to come to a land that that wants to have you know people be free and come here and work hard, and 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 they want to put a minefield. I hear these people saying I would, they want to put up a fence. It makes me sick, man. I heard that, brother. You know, Thank you, Dave. I appreciate it as always. Uh, it makes me sick too. That's one of the reasons why I'm doing this show. Uh, so the toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. And, and that fits in with what the TSA have done to you, uh, Sam. I mean, yeah, these people I, are, lo- are ludicrous. And they're such a joke, too. I had a lighter in my computer bag that I didn't even know it was there, but it was there for a good six months, which when I was traveling, traveling a lot, lot, that's 20, 25 flights, 20, 25 times with the TSA searched through my bag. Of course, I was flying as a selectee, too. So they didn't. So you got the special search. Yeah, the hand search of the bag, and they still didn't find the lighter mm. that was banned <laughs> twenty-five times. Yeah, but the time that they do find it, it's a big deal. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. What? <laughs> you can't do this in America. You know, they they give you all kinds of trouble. They may give you a fine for it, like they yeah. did for the uh, the caller that uh, had the double-sided knife. My question is, how come I can't find the TSA when they fail to find something in my bag? Because they fa- have failed to find things that are. The lighters are actually outlawed. I oh, mean, yeah. they're actually—it's yeah. actually against the law. It's the only item, as I, far as I understand, that's actually—that's not a rule. It's a law. Um, uh, don't can ask you matches? me. Matches? Can you have matches? Matches? I, as I—they've changed the rules on it. As yeah. I can understand, you can have matches now, but they didn't used to be able to mm. have matches. Um, so why can't I find the TSA for failing to protect me and everybody on board the plane by by taking my lighter? Send them a fine. You can find them. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. They just won't pay it. Right. Because. They're not here to protect you. Oh, and I can prove that, by the way. Here's a quickie for you from uh, NBCBayArea.com in Oakland. Oakland's police chief is making some dire claims about what his force will and will not respond to if layoffs go as planned. 
Chief Anthony Batts listed exactly 44 situations that his officers will no longer respond to, and they include grand theft, burglary, car wrecks, identity theft, and vandalism. Now, remember, he gave 44, so they're uh, <laughs> truncating that list quite a bit here for this article. He says if you live uh, if you live and Oakland, maybe they mean in Oakland, and one of the above happens to you, you need to let police know online. Some 80 officers were to be let go at midnight last night if a last-minute deal wasn't reached. That's about 10% of the workforce. Uh, and he said, uh, was given the top job in October. He said, I came here to build an organization, not downsize one. So I think what he was doing there was probably just trying to scare people. You know how whenever the, the government has budget cuts, they always talk about, we're going to have to stop feeding the, the old people and educating yeah, they make the most dire pr- predictions. They right. don't uh, propose for a second to uh, to get rid of the you know the, the stuff that, that nobody wants that they do. Right. I mean, these, these cops aren't saying that they're not going to stop uh, chasing people down uh, for, for drugs. They're not going to stop uh, you know people uh, getting tickets for speeding or rolling through a stop sign or anything like that no no we'll still be protecting you in that manner citizen right. by giving you tickets <laughs> but if you've been burgled don't bother calling us you'll have to submit a report online and we'll look into it when we get around to it yeah it's not like they're going to do anything i mean but the point of this even if it's even if he's just trying to scare people here the point of it is here he is telling you on public television on all the major news. I mean, this guy's having a press conference saying, yeah, uh, you cut my force. We're not going to enforce these. We're just not going to investigate this stuff. And that's what people need to hear. They need to hear these government bureaucrats coming out and admitting that they have no obligation. They aren't interested in protecting you. They don't have to. There's nothing that you can do to make them. That's the situation, and people balk at that when I explain it to them. I was at the Quaker meeting a few weeks ago, several weeks ago, and one of the, we got into this conversation after the meeting was over. We got into the conversation, and I brought up how there have been these Supreme Court decisions that say over and over again that uh, the government has no obligation to provide you with anything, whether it's protection or anything. They have no obligation. And he's like, well, that's not, that can't be true. And, of course, I didn't have the cases memorized or anything like that, so I couldn't bring them out right then. But there's just so many examples of this. Yeah, there's a great YouTube video. If, I think if you search uh, No Duty to Protect, you'll hear about the three women in uh, Washington, D.C., where they outlawed <laughs> handguns and mace and knives and basically any means of self-defense. Uh, two guys came in, started raping one of the girls downstairs. The two girls upstairs called the police. The dispatcher reported it as a domestic disturbance. The cop comes out, doesn't find anything, leaves. So then they call the police again. The dispatcher doesn't even bother to call it in. So the people downstairs go upstairs and start raping and beating all three of the women for 14 hours. They sued the city of Washington, D.C., and the highest court there said, nope, sorry. No duty to protect you. Too bad. Hey, don't forget to pay your taxes. That's right. More coming up here. Hour number three is on the way. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. If you don't pay the taxes, well, then they'll come and they'll throw you out of your home because, you know, they care. It's Free Talk Live. My worst day ever? I'm waiting in this crazy line at the DMV. So I'm checking the web. Zero responses to my new resume. My 98% compatibility match now just wants to be friends. And hackers have taken over my Facebook account. I just thought, has the whole world turned against me? It's not the whole world that's turned against you. It's the Internet. Private, inaccurate, or unflattering information posted about you online can hurt your reputation, your career, and even your relationships. But now, help is available. It's called Reputation Defender. 
Reputation Defender controls your privacy online and manages how you look when someone Googles you. Reputation Defender continuously monitors everything about you on the web, including 40 social networks. It also removes your personal information from websites that collect and sell it, protecting your privacy. Go to MyReputation.com or call us at 877-720-6497. 877-720-6497. Use promo code BLACK for a special discount on our revolutionary service. is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. You are invited, as always, to take control of the airwaves, dialing toll-free. Bring up anything. 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features there. Tonight it is Ian and Sam and Mark. And you can, uh, again, go to freetalklive.com. In fact, you can interact with various different things on the website. The main feature allows you to submit show prep suggestions. You see something online you think is pretty neat, you think our other listeners would enjoy it, you just submit it to the site, and then other listeners get to vote on whether they like or dislike, and the most liked will end up on the front page and the top of our website at freetalklive.com. And it's all free. Let's go into your phone calls, and if we get a chance to talk about intellectual property, Cynthia is on the line in Maine. Cynthia, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Sam, and Mark. Hi, Ian, Sam, and Mark again. Hey, um, What's on your mind? Well, I heard uh, caller had um, called in after I had um, spoken with you, and um, I guess they were hoping I would give a call back to answer more questions. Can you refresh uh, what you were speaking with us about? Yeah, my mind gets wiped uh, completely clean after every show. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you guys had entitled it "Land Dispute and Good Old Boys," and it was oh, in reference. Oh yes, this was this was the uh, the the issue in Maine with the windmills. Uh, you had a piece of property, essentially. T- you thought that you had it, and then some uh, local politicians and judges. Uh, apparently teamed up to basically take it from you, and there was a question that still remained on the table about whose actually name was on the the uh, the the deed. Well, my grandfather Loris Horn had passed the property to my mom in a will, so all the property passed from this will to my mom and and her sister and their mother and or his wife, and so the chain of property um, would have been in that will, no particular deed. Uh, just simply that will, and then there would have been older deeds that had transpired before the drawing up of the will. And um, the, the will actually described um, a tax map, or, or I'm sorry, a Kingfield Town map. Uh, one was dated 1924 and the other 1942, and um, also the tax commitment records um, for the town of Kingfield, uh, which, again, never made it into court. Um, but that was where the description of the property lied within that will. So how was it that – was it your sister? Who was it that signed it away that was kind cousin. of – Your cousin? My, my, my cousin. A- after they – you know, they really harangued my, my aunt Becky while she was sick with cancer, and she fought them off, and the town of Kingfield tried to take it – tried to take it over as a discontinued road, and, and my aunt Becky was able to head, to head that off and get them to give a letter in 1989 saying they had no interest in the property. And um, this selectman, as soon as my aunt died of cancer, uh, approached my cousin Selena, her daughter, with uh, who has brain tumor and seizures, and um, told him told her that we, you know, were interested in purchasing her property. And actually, called my mom, wanted to purchase her property, and <laughs> to the point where it was actually 
kind of considered harassment by my family, and um, I actually called the police over. So wait, your mother hadn't passed away? I'm sorry, I missed missed that. No, I'm still alive. So how is it that your cousin was able to sign away property that was left in a will to your mother? uh, The selectmen paid for her to do a survey, paid the surveyor to do a survey, and hired a title attorney, um, which they both technically shared. In other words, Selena... Uh, my cousin and the selectman shared the same title attorney, and so Selena didn't really have anything to do with it. Um, the selectman paid for the survey, hired the title attorney, and basically ran the whole show because we had refused to sell. And the new survey found what again? The, well, his survey, the tape and compass survey, uh, found that Selena owned the property. That's your cousin. Yep, okay, so your cousin had property next door to the property that was uh, left to your mom. That's correct. Okay, that's the part that I didn't remember from the earlier conversation. So basically, they used this legal finagling, uh, their connections, their, the good old boy network, to uh, reallocate the property to the woman who was not as, uh, as with it. Uh, they then uh, took advantage of her in some way and got her to sign off on the sale of the property. I believe that they did. Um, and then the judge had... backed it up in the court because he's in on it, too, was our speculation. They're That's all just our working on it together. Well, I, I, had, I am so confused over this. I have really had a major argument with my attorney, who is a, is a good guy and a very intelligent, competent guy. And I really don't know what happened. And that, that's really why I called your show. I, I, a fellow listener, uh, someone who was very um, impressed with your show, suggested, you know, you really need to, you know, to call in and, and get some advice on this. Well, what are you looking for? Because, I mean, there's nothing you can really do, right? I mean, they, they basically kicked you out of court. You could try to appeal it to some higher level, but it's still their system and it's, it's their judges yep. and everything. So what are you could, looking could for from appeal. us? Well, I could appeal. Um, my attorney would like $10,000 up front. Oh, I to bet he would. <laughs> which, which, which we don't have. Right. Um, and actually, you know, the judge um, the judge has been appointed by, I believe, Obama to be the attorney general for the state of Maine or some federal position. So, um, you know, he... You know, he's moving on. And, how, and how, many, uh, how many acres was it before they, they stole some, and how many is it now? Well, we've paid since, since 1969, roughly, when my grandfather died. We've paid taxes since then. I've got every original canceled check, every original mm-hmm. receipt, and every original bill showing that we paid a, on a 50-acre parcel, which the 18 acres was part of. But um, there's thousands of acres up above us. The backside of Sugarloaf, there's a lot of windmill, a, a great deal of windmill activity in the area. Poland Spring has some aquifers um, somewhere. Okay, but I'm sorry, 15 acres. What it was it, it, is what they took of, the, of your 50. 50. You had it was part, you had five zero fifty, and they took 15. Took 18. They took 18. So uh, I, I just feel like if you were to somehow pay this lawyer $10,000, I mean, Sam, you paid a lawyer and it didn't really work out for you. No. But before uh, you go on, um, uh, before we, we, you make any statement here, Ian, how much is it worth per acre where you are? I mean, um, where, where, the town that much. I'm in, uh, the, it depends a on whether it's, rec- people less than right, it's, it's recreational land sometimes, it's, uh, it's, it's, zone, it's commercial land other times. Commercial land's $1,000 an acre or $10,000 an acre. Some recreational land can be $100 an acre sometimes. 
Yeah, um, technically, you know, I, I really nailed my attorney down. I said, listen, you know, David, tell me what is going on in the area. And he said, Cynthia, I think it's energy-related and uh, mineral extraction. So, of course, the current tax um, records of the real estate value doesn't show that. But I was able to, to Google um, the area in reference to windmills and found that there was a, a $19 million project. A phase one was $17 million, the second was $19 million, and it was, it's in that area. So there is, and I've actually had the Department of Agriculture tell me that there is a lot going on in the area. And that doesn't really know, answer but, the question. Uh, the question was, what is it? Uh, what do you believe the value of those acres? What do you believe it to be currently? Maybe currently, um, not much. Okay, not, so not, really, but, you're talking about. Well, but what she is saying, I think, is that if this 19 million dollar project comes into that area. Those people are going to be looking to uh, do leases, long-term leases, to put their windmills up mm-hmm. on people's property, which will pay royalties back sure, sure. to the property owner. She's been screwed. There's no doubt about it here. But, Mark, what was your intention in I, asking I, I, that question? Well, I mean, if it's if it's worth going after, then it's worth going after. But um, that doesn't mean you're going to win. Well, if it's worth if going it's after, shouldn't going the lawyer after, take it? Going. Shouldn't the lawyer take it on spec if it's worth going after? Shouldn't lawyer, he be like, yeah, let's do not this? Not if I he doesn't show- need the business. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really... I'm really... I. David's a good guy. You know, I really pinned him down. And I, and well, if he I, was a good guy, wouldn't he do it on spec and then basically... That doesn't mean good guy. It means a guy that's busy. That. Is he, he that busy? He might, he might do that. Um, but he, he has suggested to me there's, you know, there's a $2,000 fee to simply get the transcript. Jeez. Um, but, you know, at least, you know, at least I pinned him down and I said, David, you got to tell me. And you know, I'm feeling a little stupid and a little naive here. Tell me what is going on commercially in the area. And he said, Cynthia, I really think it's energy related. I think yeah. uh, mineral... Here's here's what I'd recommend for you, uh, Cynthia. This is my opinion, and it's worth you know hill of beans. But uh, they've taken it. They got it. They won. Uh, they're the government. You're not. And yep. they will continue to win, and you'll just be pouring money into a lawyer. It uh, may down very the line. well be that uh, they put these uh, things up, and then you'll be able to offer your property up for more windmills later. Maybe you know, I, I would I would cash out, move to New Hampshire, uh, join <laughs> Maybe the free those state. windmills would. would break down a lot. Join the Free State Project, freestateproject.org. If you love freedom, that is. Thanks for the call, and good luck out there. Let us know what Feel happens. Bad for her. Yeah, yeah, they screwed her. And what can you do when they screw you? Just get Take yourself it. set and go on with your life. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com this is free talk live you can bring up what you want dial in toll free bring up anything 800-259-9231 that's the SACL cai toll free line 1-800-259-9231 you can join us online at freetalklive.com we give you the features on the site for free so enjoy those including our news updates you get signed up keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about free talk live you'll know it first if you get on the updates list, you can do it via email, you can do Twitter, you can do Facebook, you can get all three of them. If you just go to news.freetalklive.com, get signed up for the ones that work best for you, news.freetalklive.com. As I suggested a moment ago to uh, Cynthia, good idea to escape from the tyranny. It's hard to fight the government, the good old boy network, because, well, they're entrenched and they're in charge and 
it's their courts. You're not. <laughs> You're not. Uh, and if you try to play by their rules to try to take over the good old boy network uh, from the inside out, you'll probably run up against a big brick wall. Uh, the bricks are beginning to be chinked away, though, here in New Hampshire. Even inside the political system, we're starting to see some success stories. Uh, you mentioned we had a knife story earlier for, about the TSA. Well, here in New Hampshire, you can carry any old kind of knife wherever you want. And that was a, a rule that has been overturned. There was a prohibition on switchblades. And, but, and uh, stilettos, two-sided knives. It, right. And so a lot First of First in the nation that's been repealed. Yeah, uh, so it's been repealed, and that's uh, that's progress in the political system, and I think those folks deserve a lot of credit for that. So we're starting to see some progress there. Uh, more people are moving here. They're getting involved in media creation. They're doing civil disobedience, non-cooperation. We've got a huge movement here, and it's only just begun. And, and it's huge only in comparison to the rest of the country, where it's just a bunch of guys in a dinner club having arguments about freedom. That's pretty much what the movement is in uh, most of the rest of America. At least that's what it was like for me in Florida, and I know that a lot of people share that same uh, experience up here there are hundreds of people who've made the move already those of us in the studio tonight we've done it uh mark you and i moved back in 2006 sam 09 early 09 yeah. and uh so it has been the bestest one of the best decisions i've ever made in my life it's been so much fun being here and i've met some of the most wonderful people they're just great so go to freestateproject.org to learn more about this movement, because it really is the key to liberty in our lifetimes, getting together with other like-minded people. Because once you've got enough people, the good old boys network just can't hack it anymore. Their network and their power rests on your obedience and the mass apathy. obedience and the apathy of the public. And so when we can start to shift that and show people that there is hope, that you can have freedom if you actually take some risk and get involved and do something we will have significant success. And you can help make that happen. Go to freestateproject.org to learn more about it. BJ is on the line in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, BJ. Hey, guys. Um, calling in about this interesting forum thread that's on Free King about uh, L. Neil Smith not being too happy about using a part of his uh, intellectual property. Well, yes. well who's intellectual property? Uh, L. Neil Smith. Well, yeah. How is writer. it his intellectual property? I don't know if I don't know if BJ actually believes that. Go ahead, BJ. I was just calling to bring it up. You know? Yeah, he just wants us to talk about okay. it. We've been teasing it all night, <laughs> and uh, and I thank exactly. you for the the request. I mean, before we go on, do you, you have any comments you want to make on this? Well, um, I, I would I would uh, say that. <sighs> well, not really. Did you sign? Are you one of the signers of the Shire Society Declaration? Yes, I was. All right, you're I a socialist. You're a socialist. <laughs> yeah, I am right. <laughs> and a thief. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, a liar. thief, liar. Hey, thanks, BJ. Vandal. We'll talk about it in detail here. I appreciate you uh, allowing us the excuse to, uh, to bring that up. It's been wall-to-wall phone calls here tonight, and thank you for that. Of course, that's the point of the program. Uh, so today, well, let's, uh, let's preface this with a little bit of history. The Shire Society Declaration. Sam, what is it? It's a uh, document that was uh, created and put together to sort of acknowledge that uh, you know these these systems of governance have failed over and over again, and that uh, we as individuals have certain rights that we sort of laid out that uh, um, agreements are made through voluntary consent that you can't you can't uh, you know one person can't initiate force against another and call it legitimate and a hundred people can't initiate force against a, a, another group or individual and call that legitimate and that uh, you know when things aren't done through voluntary means through consent through agreement that they're null and and, and invalid 
And it's a way to recognize that and sort of commit to peace, commit to voluntary interactions and commit to bringing about that society and holding that state of mind to be uh, yeah i like the word commit to explicitly align oneself via one's signature on a document that says these things these mm-hmm. things that we hold of utmost importance that we think are critical for the uh, the arrival of the voluntary society so we're we're building the voluntary society and this was kind of a a, a stepping stone in that process and to create the shire society declaration we used a, a document that existed as a basis uh, in order to do that. It was the New Covenant by a man named L. Neil Smith, who's a uh, you know, one of the you know the living uh, science fiction fantasy sort of writers, fiction writers out there. In he's the, the best. I think he's a best-selling sci-fi author. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, fairly I mean, well he's, recognized. You know, he's a big deal in the Liberty community, and, a, and a, you know, not a small deal in the uh, science fiction community. Right. So uh, this guy has been long known in the libertarian community, and I don't remember how I came across his document. I think I actually found something that was much longer by somebody else at one point, and somebody suggested this as another option. So I don't even think it was me that came across it. But uh, I took it and I posted that, his new covenant, uh, which he's got on his website. I copied the text, and I put it on a forum post over at the Free Keen Forum. You can go to ShireSociety.com. It'll take you right to the special forum because there's a sub-forum about the Shire Society in the Free Keen Forum. So I posted it there, and I said, let's create this new society. Let's use this as our basis and come up with some other ideas because I didn't really like what, what it was reading as, and a yeah. lot of other people agreed with me. And so Sam, you, and uh, Lance, one of the, uh, the attorneys uh, up here, uh, we worked on it, and a bunch of other folks chimed in with their thoughts and People made suggestions as to what should be changed, and we took some of those suggestions in and, and implemented them and, and created a new document. We didn't call it a new covenant. We, call, we called it the Shire Society Declaration. It is a different document than what L. Neil Smith created. Uh, but it, the document looks very similar to the document that L. Neil Smith had. It's probably about mm-hmm. half the size. It's got the numbers and the spacing very similar. I mean, it's in, in, in many ways looks very similar. It looks similar to a lot of and, legal uh, style uh, documents. And the first, uh, the, first, the, second, the, third, the fourth. intro, and the second, and the and the first thing are are basically verbatim, right? The first sentence, yeah. So there's some similarities uh, between the two documents, but a lot of change was uh, was put into this. There's about 12 pages of discussion and suggestions and and things that uh, that people wanted to change in different versions. You can see the progression of this uh, as as we were creating it. So we did that and. In the very first post where I posted the Shire, or the, excuse me, what was at that time, A New Covenant by L. Neil Smith, I cited it. I said, this is where this came from. It, first it post, L. First, Neil, when, right. when you go to the page, ShireSociety.com, you will be able right. to see L. Neil Smith's name within, you know, immediately. It's the first, no, not immediately. It's the sticky. It's a th- when you go to ShireSociety.com, you okay. go to a sub-forum of the Free Keen Forum. There is no Shire Society website. It just takes you to the Free Keen right. Forum. Right. It hasn't been put up yet. Right. So the very first thing that is on that list of messages is the stickied one. That means it's important. We stuck it there. That's the one where this discussion happens. So the very first post of the very first message on this forum cites where this came from. So lo and behold, I'm shocked to see an email in my inbox here today after we've had, what, like, a I don't know, 50 to 100 people Probably, sign yeah. these documents. Uh, we had a, a signing ceremony at the uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. You can listen to our Saturday night show from Porkfest, and you can hear this uh, being signed on the air. We talked about it extensively at that time. An email comes into the uh, to my inbox uh, from L. Neil Smith, and I'll share you the contents of that here in a few moments. This is Free Talk Live. 
this Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Juicy Juice, creators of the Juicy Juice Brain Development and Juicy Juice Immunity Fruit Juice Beverages. For more information, visit us at JuicyJuice.com. When it comes to staying healthy, the digestive system is a great place to start. It's 70% of the immune system. Look for kid-friendly foods that are high in fiber, like popcorn and yogurt. Prebiotic fiber helps the good bacteria in the gut flourish, while simple sugars like high-fructose corn syrup only help the bad, leading to bloating and discomfort. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash Your Family Today. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Give the features there free, so enjoy those on us. Including listening options, live streams, webcam, listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance. Go to listen.freetalklive.com, plus our brand new 24-7 satellite channel. Well, it's not Free Talk Live 24-7. It's the Liberty Radio Network, but you still can hear us live there. Uh, Go to listen.freetalklive.com to look at all those options. Now then, government school is necessary to prepare young people for citizenship. After all, where else could a curious and creative individual learn how to be a meaningless part of a large and uniform group of dependent followers who are constantly being watched, managed, and told what to do? School Sucks Podcast is a show about the end of government-controlled education. Visit the new site at schoolsucksproject.com. To make a profile, join the forums, and help the ideas spread. That's schoolsucksproject.com. So, on to the the, uh, the discussion here of the drama that exploded today and is currently exploding as we speak over at the Free Keen Forum, the Shire Society subforum. You can just go to shiresociety.com. It'll take you right to the relevant place. You can look at what is now like a 12-page long thread that's uh, created since this afternoon where I received an email first from Lance Weber, who's one of the uh, the Free Stater attorneys up here. He's actually just about ready to get his bar license. Really a useful, uh, helpful guy who's really helping out behind the scenes with, uh, like, Curtis, uh, one of our co-hosts who's been aggressed against, etc. And so I got this first email. The first email came in from Lance. It kind of alerted me to what was going on with this L. Neil Smith character, who is a apparently very famous libertarian author. You asked in this thread about uh, condescension. Calling someone a character condescending. Oh, okay. Well, I don't see any reason why I shouldn't condescend to this guy. He just told want to make me sure I was a thief. Underst- just under- make he sure- called me a thief and a liar. Just make sure uh, and a vandal. understand what condescension and sounds like. And he called Sam a vandal and a thief. And he called Lance a vandal and Certainly a thief. Certainly tempers are flared over this one. So Lance writes in, he says, uh, so I don't know what the context is of this. He says, I don't know whether anyone's representing the Shire Society Declaration as his or her original work, but I don't believe that to be the case. Mm-hmm. I participated in writing some of the text of that document in a thread on the Free Keen Forum. He then links to it. I don't speak for anyone else in this matter and don't consider myself a founder of the Shire Society because what had happened is uh, L. Neil Smith posted a comment on an article about the Shire Society Declaration Asking to get in touch with whoever was in charge, basically. Show us your leaders. Bring, <laughs> yeah. Take us to your leaders. <laughs> so Lance re- is responding to him here, uh, saying that please accept my apology for uh, failing to be courteous enough to try to contact you to let you know that your A New Covenant inspired us to create the Shire Society Declaration. Two different documents. I'm sorry that I didn't think to personally invite you to participate in the drafting process, but I figured that you were way out of my league and that didn't have the time and didn't have the time or inclination to bother with an unknown stranger like me. Actually, a couple years ago, I emailed you about unrelated issues and never got a response. No big deal. You understand these things. These people are busy, right? Yep. Uh, the, the last thing this guy is doing is you know, probably responding to every single email he gets. 
He says, I wasn't present at the signing ceremony of the Shire Society Declaration, but I wish I would have thought to suggest that someone invite you to attend. If you would like to sign the document, I think that would be fantastic and, of course, very appropriate. If you have other concerns or requests regarding the document or if you'd like to discuss anything else, please don't hesitate to contact me. And then about 15 minutes later, I received and you received. He emailed this to all three of us, Lance, myself and Sam. This response from L. Neal Smith. Mr. Weber et al. I don't know what writing you think you did. This document of yours is plagiarized directly from my covenant of unanimous consent. Absolutely without my knowledge or permission and without even giving me proper credit as the author. What's worse, you have altered and damaged my property, again without my knowledge or permission. And then he cites the URL to his website where he has his new covenant, which is an that's excerpt That's the from, one that's damaged? Uh, that's what his claim is. Yeah, he's been damaged. Oh, and he adds, says, adding insult to injury, you have deprived me of income I derive from accepting and archiving the document. Now, you see, if you go to L. Neal Smith's website, which is lneilsmith.org, uh, now, you have to actually click through a few things to find his new covenant. It's clearly not one of the most important pages on his site. Otherwise, it'd be on the front page. You actually have to click into his essays section, and then you can find the uh, the new covenant. Now, once you actually look at the new covenant, uh, you'll see that there's uh, there's a little bit of a signature area at the bottom. And beneath that, it says, OK, you can send this to this address with two dollars for handling and archiving. So his intention uh, apparently was to have people sign this, send a copy to him, and he puts it away in whatever archival process that is. For $2, I don't imagine it's too uh, intense. Probably just putting it in a file folder somewhere. And so that's what he's claiming he's losing money on. Like, your Shire Society declaration is depriving me of money! Now, as the discussion that is still going right now at uh, ShireSociety.com reveals, many of the people who signed the Shire Society Declaration explicitly did not want to sign uh, L. Neal Smith's A New Covenant. They read his document, and they didn't like it. I would not have signed it. And, you know, this is the thing. His original copy is still on his website. It hasn't been altered. It hasn't been changed. It hasn't been damaged. He's, you know, I don't know where he's coming off saying that this has been stolen from him. And The idea is that he owns and, it. He owns the, the New Covenant, and you can't do anything to it that he disapproves of. So he, he later on says in the, in the thread via, via email to different participants, because other people besides myself and Lance and Sam or whatever have been writing him about this, and he later on reveals that it's not about restitution for him, although he will accept us admitting that we're socialists as, as restitution. Socialist scum. Uh, yes, so, so, socialist scum. Thank you. Uh, but it's not about that for him. It's about the fact that it's been changed. That, that we changed his document without his approval or consent. He actually uses the term butchered uh, in, in one of his emails. And that would you know clearly be changed. Now, I'd like to chime in on this one for a second because I think that um, – so there's, there's a fundamental issue and an underlying issue. And I agree that, it's the, um, that, that his, his writing was changed as the underlying issue. The fundamental issue is a difference of beliefs on, on what intellectual property is. Sure. Now, I would say, I, um, you guys would say, no such thing as intellectual property. It's an idea. You can't have, ideas can't be, you know, it's not property. You can copy an idea as many times as you want, and the original idea is not harmed. And um, L. Neal Smith would say, property's property. You have, this is the same as robbing a bank. At least that's, those are some of the parallels he's yeah. made. Ludicrous. I would say, I, I agree that it's ludicrous. I would say that intellectual property is, in fact, property because property is property because people agree that it's property. Okay, okay that's, that's a good idea, Mark. Many people agree that intellectual property should be property. However, I don't think that those people think of it as the same way. And I'd like to, to uh, you know, give some examples. Um, 
there are so many things that we reference from the past. If if you would have pulled the Shire Society document from Beowulf, nobody would have said anything. But what about all those descendants of the first the first bard that created the story of Beowulf? Or if you would well, pull it from read, the Bible or what? Hold on, let's read right from his document. Have you ever heard the phrase "the individual rights of life, liberty, and property" anywhere in any document? And then the Constitution. Yeah. Well, it's also in the first sentence of his covenant. Where did he steal that from? Well, he this borrowed is, it. Wait, wait. I don't, theft, I don't think this is right. No, no I don't think so. Oh, I, I don't think okay. that's a fair so dead, dead, then it's Those guys theft. are dead. You can steal their there's ideas. There's a style. Right, there's right. a style issue involved here, and I think that you're not being completely intellectually rigorously honest to say that the uh, the Shire Society okay. Declaration is very much like and clearly is foundationally influenced by the new covenant document whereas was given credit deny that is at all. not he was foundationally given yeah, he was right but 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 the argument that well um you know the dictionary uh-huh. is copyrighted so therefore you can't use any words you know what this is this is as absurd fair... mark as uh as the creators of pong suing arkanoid a later uh, kind of version of a paddle and a ball breaking bricks uh you know the the first uh, the first whatever it was the first game i think it was arkanoid where they get the break the bricks so you took our idea of having a paddle and balls and you added bricks that's not fair well that's ian, the same thing ian what i'm telling you i that i believe is that there needs to be some yeah yeah uh intellectual property is different than regular property it needs to be defined in some manner differently codified in law i don't think that the government's okay. the best organization to handle this but i do think that people that um you know the the people that don't like intellectual property that are artists and um writers and things like that generally are unsuccessful ones the successful ones want to see their um, their intellectual property protected that's not true there have been successful uh, writers and creators that release things publicly it's a general statement it's just a statement about the way things were, Mark. That's it's, all. In, indeed, the world's Argument changing. Argument ad oldstum or whatever I, 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 it is. Antiquium. Um, <laughs> indeed, the world is changing. There's no yeah. doubt about it. Um, and Elmiel Smith is a relic. More coming up here, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, we'll continue here. We may go into overtime here tonight as well because there's a lot more to this controversy. You can also take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. to take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231, though, honestly, at this point, uh, most of the calls are going to be about this intellectual property issue. So uh, we will, uh, by the way, invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. You can go there and enjoy the various different features and enjoy them for free at freetalklive.com. If you want to support the show, become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We will take that money in, reinvest it into the program, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board, and also uh, expose new people to the ideas of freedom. That's worth 3 bucks a month, right? Go to amp.freetalklive.com. You get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only forum, podcast, and more. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. Use any major credit card, PayPal, some alternative options. It's all there. Amp.freetalklive.com. We're talking about a uh, bit of controversy that has bubbled up here over the last, well, 12 hours. 
uh, involving a science a science fiction author who claims to be a bigger libertarian than uh, me and Sam. Uh, it's the old libertarian de-wagging contest here going on, even though, by the way, the FCC apparently has been overturned in the appeals courts today and that fleeting obscenity is okay, apparently. Now, according to – we can get to that story tomorrow night, but we'll still be using the dumb machine nonetheless because our affiliates still won't like fleeting profanity. <laughs> I digress. So uh, so L. Neal Smith, this alleged libertarian science, uh, oh, science fiction author – now, because he questions your libertarianism, you have to question his. I mean, really, yeah. that's what it's. No, it's I've, kind because of I've read his emails. The mudslinging yeah. that you have to get into. Don't be a douchebag, man. He didn't have to call me names. He didn't have to accuse me of being a thief and a liar and uh, and a okay. vandal and a socialist. Let's as assume well. for a second <laughs> that he's acting like a douchebag. Do you successfully? Teach douchebags not to be douchebags by treating them like douchebags. I don't care like about teaching bags. him anything. Then, but then, then, not my business. Then why are you? Then at this point, all you're doing is exploiting this conversation for your benefit. If that's you're not precisely build, right. He's a foil tr- for the purpose of doing this radio. If you're show. not trying to benefit, um, that's what this is, Mark. Yeah, well, I promoted this on the uh, on Facebook. I promoted it on uh, on the updates list. This guy wanted. Look, Mark, in his email, and I haven't had a chance to get to it because we already broke down in the conversation here. He threatens to go public with this. And so, fine. I can go public with it, too. So, right now, at this point in our email conversation, he, we're just going back and forth. Actually, I haven't even written him back yet. So, we're, we're still reading the email from him where he is responding to Lance, who's one of the activists up here, uh, the attorney, attorney, anarchist at law, uh, Lance Weber. And... It says here uh, in his email, theft and vandalism are not the basis on which a fr- basis actually is what he puts in there. Uh, theft and vandalism are not the basis on which a free society can be established. I suggest that you get together with your friends and try to figure out how you're going to make restitution to me. Otherwise, my next communications about this situation will be as public as I can make them. I am blind CCing this cop or blind copying this message to my attorney. So this was all real quiet. There had been no, you know, explosion of, uh, you know, discussion at this point. Although little to my knowledge, Lance was uh, going to post this uh, shortly over at the forum. So I responded and I tried my best to be as nice as I possibly could about Which this. Which you really are not very, good very at. nice. Yeah. I did my <laughs> yeah. best. Okay. I mean, like just on genetically <laughs> incapable of not being condescending. He just insulted like he's just me. just a flaming Wait, he, yeah, just, he just condescended on me by calling me a, uh, a, th- a thief and a vandal, right? So he just insulted me and came out swinging and said he was going to make this public if we didn't do what he wanted us to do, right? So he's coming out threatening me, and then he says he sees his lawyer. So he threatens and insults. Here's my response. Hello, El Neal. I'm sorry to hear from you in this manner. Allow me to clarify the situation for you, as you are mistaken. I'm going to ding ding every time I hear condescension. All right, good. It'll be good. First, the Shire Society Declaration was created using your covenant as an inspiration, as was fully credited here. And I provide the link to where we had the discussion about uh, changing his uh, covenant into the Shire Society Declaration. So I've proven now that he, he was wrong, that he didn't get credit. He got credit right in the first post. Well, credit may, may not be to the level that he would have liked to have seen. He it. got credit. He claimed he didn't get any. Okay. Okay. As you can see on that thread, there are about a dozen pages of discussion relating to how we modified your document. The final version, which you can see the text of here. So I linked him because I figured, well, maybe this guy just saw the first post and thought, well, we just copied his exact document. So here's the link to the final version that is clearly very different from the original. 
So I linked to that. I said, it's not the same as your covenant. So I'm afraid you're incorrect on both counts. Number mm. one. That's, it sounds like, it, it, depending on how you listen to it, it can, it can sound I'm, condescending. I'm, co- I'm pr- proving uh, him not wrong. Yet. It, that's it gets all. worse. It does certainly Number get worse, one. but I mean, you know, it's a slight thing. It's Think not it. your document. Number two, Think. credit was clearly given to you in the very first post. Think. So his accusations are incorrect. That's all I'm doing there. It would have been likely that you've been given credit as the inspiration for the declaration on the forthcoming Shire Society website. But given your threatening demeanor, I'm less than inclined to encourage that now. Ding, ding. <laughs> Whatever. I'm pretty surprised, actually, that you would write us in this fashion. You appear to be threatening to use the violence of the state against us, your fellow peaceful liberty lovers. Your actions appear to be a violation of your own covenant's first section on individual sovereignty. In fact, you've got in front of you right now, right, Sam, the new covenant. Can you read the first, just the first mm-hmm. section on individual sovereignty? This is Elneal Smith's document. This is his version, yeah. Uh, um, if you don't have it, I can probably... Well, I have it. it. I'm just not sure where you want me to start. That, that, it's the first. It, it says something like first. Oh, one. first. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, first, that we shall uh, henceforward recognize that recognize each individual to be the exclusive proprietor of his or her own existence and of all products of that existence, holding no obligation binding among individuals except those to which they voluntarily and explicitly consented. Now, did you consent to a set of rules in regards to uh, Mr. Smith's... I have pro- not. Uh, ...his text on his website? I didn't either. So there was no consent there, and so therefore, how did anything get violated? I don't see... <laughs> Okay, I I understand your guys' um, you know stance on this, and um, but what I'm saying is is that he has a fun he has a different view on what intellectual property. I'm just is reading his words, you. Mark. His sure. words say nothing can there, be bound unless says, you bind yourself. In there, it we says, are not bound to whatever his belief system is. Okay, we didn't come to an agreement. There's no social contract. Let me continue. <sighs> it says here in his email, but again, this is uh, oh, excuse me, this is my email to him. So uh, you see, you appear to have violated your own covenant's first section on individual sovereignty. It would probably be best for you to simply apologize for your confusion ding, ding, and ding. let this matter drop. Now, this is my response to his threats, right? So I'm responding to a threat here. Uh, although, if you insist on publicizing your mistaken impressions, it will only provide us with more publicity. I can also publicize your very anti-libertarian demeanor on my national radio program. I think this is, a, this is a great point here, is, um, is that... Free talk, uh, you know, free talk live, the, the Shire Society and all that, the Shire Society mainly is getting, he's giving them huge publicity. And I'm letting him know this. Right. This is still private. This I email. want L. Neil Smith to get publicity. This Please is... go out and buy L. Neil Smith's books. You will love them. They're great liberty oriented, um, fiction. But do you understand? And I want people to read liberty oriented fiction. However, what he's doing is the people he's mad at, he's giving them publicity. And I'm explaining I'm that to I'm, him. You know, like I'm and you're glad calling it gets... condescending, me explaining no, this you're, to you're him. You're condescending. Yeah. You just can't help it, dude. Just so you're saying on. I shouldn't, I shouldn't explain to him what he's doing you are the promoting way in which you're explaining it yeah, is, you're just is a little not very attacking. good at this i'm sorry don't be a dick you're promoting uh what it is you're pro- we, i'm explaining to him what it is he's doing he is essentially setting himself up for negative publicity and he's setting us up for positive for for publicity he's, so, he's made a living off of being crusty ian i mean it's not it's okay. not something new where Neil, neil smith is not crusty i said i'm sure my listeners would appreciate knowing about this incident and how you handled it as you have quite a reputation as a libertarian author within the movement so threat for a threat right he threatens us I've now threatened him back. Because two wrongs make a right. Yes. We have done That's a good you, way to solve problems. We have done you no harm. It's the same thing I did when uh, when the, that uh, grocery store screwed me over. Uh, I told them I was going to talk about it on my radio show, and it got them to behave. Just because I was hoping this once. would get him to go and leave us this alone so we didn't have to talk about it. 
But he didn't want to leave it alone. Anyway, I said, we've done you no harm, and it's sad that you're not excited to see your ideas manifest into something greater and instead have chosen to lash out with threats and attempts at intimidation. I hope to hear good things from you, namely an apology. All the best. Ding. Yep. Now, it's true. I am not, uh, you know, the greatest. I actually had somebody on the, the thread on Free, the Freaking Forum. They, I asked them, well, how would you have written back to this guy? And they wrote a really brilliant thing. Yeah. But then again, they weren't insulted by the guy. And, he, you know, he didn't attack actually, them directly. Um, it, it, it was et al. Um, you, were, you were insulted by, by the title et al, which wasn't even you, in, um, you know, titularly. And so that person, the same person who wrote no, it. No, it was my email address that w- it was written to. Fine. So um, the, the individual who was uh, writing the very you brilliant do, one. You, you have... You have control of your feelings, Ian. Yes, you I have certainly no, do. No excuse for, for going off like I this. Could, no, no, no. I didn't go off. I didn't go off. You want me to go off? I could go off on this guy. I did not go off. I just simply said, look, you should let this go. We gave you credit. You said we didn't give you credit. Here's the proof. We gave you credit. I showed him the proof that he was incorrect in his accusations. And I said, look, leave this alone or else this is what will happen. Because he said, you better do this or else this will happen. So I just came back with that. Before the end of the show, I would like to point out that um, nothing, no money has been made off the Shire Society um, no, signing spent or anything money like on that. This. And I don't know. I mean, like he, I, One can claim that his intellectual property has been wronged. But exactly what is the harm? Stick around. No, what's no, quantifiable about it? It. We're not going to do his own document. You Those of you on the radio, that. you can't stay unless you go to freetalklive.com. We're going to do an extended edition here in mere moments. Hopefully so we can take these callers. We will in. take the calls here uh, also, and uh, extended edition coming up in moments here at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, extended edition, internet only. We are here, and the phone lines are open at 603-435-1105. 603-435-1105. It's extended edition of the program, brought to you by MemoryDealers.com and SACL CAI, as well as the Free Talk Live AMP program. Thanks for sticking around here. As we continue this discussion of uh, this L. Neal Smith guy who has uh, is apparently this big name in science fiction, big name in the libertarian movement. I've heard of the guy before. I've uh, read some of it, probably You've read some of his him. stuff on the air. I don't even remember doing that. Um, but, it's the truth. Okay. So apparently we've interviewed him. And uh, now he is on the warpath because of the Shire Society Declaration, which we spent several weeks online taking. Uh, we took his new covenant from his website Gave him credit in the thread. This is where this came from. We need to change it because we don't agree with it. It's not good enough for us. So we spent weeks on this making changes. We meaning a bunch of us over at freekeen.com. ShireSociety.com will get you right to the forum. You can see where all of this is going down. And in that process, throughout all that time, in hindsight, people are saying, y'all should have contacted O'Neill Smith. Okay, fine. Maybe you're right about that. But nobody suggested it at the time. In a process that involved probably at least a dozen different people, nobody ever said, hey, you know what? We should contact L. Neal Smith and ask him to sign this thing. Or we should contact L. Neal Smith, da-da-da-da-da, whatever. Nobody ever did that. So maybe I should. And I admit this later on in one of my emails to him. I said, look, I'm sorry for not contacting you about this. Like Lance, I figured it'd be no big deal. For me, if people were to contact me every time they wanted to use a clip from Free Talk Live or use our logo or something like that, I'd go nuts. I mean, I'd, please, don't ever contact me about that stuff. Just take it and use it for whatever purposes you might. That doesn't bother me. So I admit I was projecting my feelings about intellectual property on this guy. I figured the stuff's up on the web. He doesn't mind if people uh, use it. 
I mean, he's got to love liberty, right? Why wouldn't he want to do something that's going to help the liberty movement? Clearly, he doesn't want to. He's only interested in L. Neal Smith and his $2 fee that he gets from people for signing his uh, new covenant. Not true. And Mark, I want to see if I understand you correctly. You believe that uh, this is his property, this covenant, and that these ideas were created by him, that he owns them, and he should have some claim and say as to how they're used and where. Okay, um, I believe that intellectual property is different than real property, and I think we can come to an agreement on that statement, okay. right? Um, but I do it's more th- imaginary. It, it, yeah, it yeah. is much more it's imaginary, real, and yeah. it has different it has different attributes. But I believe that property is property because most people agree that property is property. Same way rights are rights. And I think that, therefore, intellectual property, to some extent, is property because most people believe that an author or songwriter or whomever has some kind of claim on their creation. Most people? Where'd you get that number from? I'm making it up. How many people would be willing to download a song off the internet? Um, but that's that's not really the point. Okay. I'm saying they have some kind Just of claim. Saying. The fact that they may download a song doesn't mean that they don't believe that the artist has some kind of claim. Um, would the, the qu- next question you would ask is, well, what if some famous artist, uh, Britney Spears, decides to sing somebody else, some uh, songwriter's song, uh, ask the average person, should Britney Spears have to pay that songwriter um, for having sung their song at a concert and made a whole bunch of money from it? So different. there's different levels of property, and I think that intellectual property is a lower level of property than real property but at this you know that that's what my thoughts are so cover bands should they have to write the original artist to get permission to i think cover bands probably have some kind of agreement with the original artist under copyright law yeah well copyright law is what we've got i'm not saying it's good i'm saying it's bad so let's go back to neil l smith's own document here and in the end it says this is how he kind of sums up the whole thing uh, this agreement shall supersede all existing governmental documents or usages then pertinent that uh, such constitutions, charters, acts, laws, statutes, regulations or ordinances contradictory or destructive to the ends in which it uh, expresses shall be null and void. And that this covenant being the property of its author and signatories. So he's admitting here that he's not the only one that owns it, that anybody who signs this is also an owner shall be subject to uh, interpretation accepting insofar as it shall please them. He's throwing out all copyright law, all statutes, all ordinances right here. He's throwing, he's throwing out all laws, and that doesn't make stealing right. Well, and he's also saying that you cannot be forced into some paradigm of belief of a belief system without your voluntary consent in his first article. Just and and it, it's also pretty clear that stealing is wrong in that same thing. Steal, uh, you, know, you have to lose something in order to have yeah, something stolen. You know, stolen. if I have a Ferrari. That's your definition. No, that's, that's not no, the no, definition no, no, no. of stealing. Look, if there's a Ferrari parked on the street and I can scan it and then replicate my own Ferrari and I get in it and drive away, Wait. did I steal your car? Um, I think that the people that that believe in no, but you pro- stole property. the women that what you uh, that he would have picked up with that Ferrari because you went out and picked him up. That's right. right. There, that one can make claims on property value and loss of income and and all these things. El Neil Smith is right 
that he's lost income in all likelihood. Maybe he's not going to get $2 because one person who might have signed his um, a new covenant thing will now sign the Shire Society for free. Because it's better. Because the well, Shire because Society you think it's better. Is a be- because, no, because the signer thought it was better. Exactly. That person right, could have gone and compared sure. the different products in the marketplace. Said, no, and- these Shire people don't have it together. I'm doing the covenant. Right. So right. now, I, and I'm not here to, to, to defend L. Neal Smith's position. Oh, I'm here to defend what I be- believe to be the position of what is right and just and not some kind of fantasy that is unworkable. That's I don't what, even know what that means. Let's talk to Stefan Kinsella. He's on the line from Texas on uh, Free Talk Live. Hello, Stefan. Hey there, Ian. How you doing? Super. What's on your mind? Well, I've been listening to this. I followed a little bit of this today as, as, as well as I could, and uh, it's a quite interesting uh, development. Um, I, I just want to say I'm a friend of, uh, of Neil's, and I've been a fan of his for a long time, and I had no idea he was pro-IP, to be honest. Um. The interesting thing is there's like three libertarian science fiction authors I know of, and they're all staunchly pro-IP. One is um, J. Neil Shulman, and one is, uh, I guess, L. Neil Smith now, and the other is John Wright, who's sort of quasi-libertarian. And, you know, it's I don't know if it's a coincidence that they're in favor of IP or copyright because they sell books for a living, you know. Of course, um, yeah. So government's I, always fine as long as it's benefiting you, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I can understand Neil being upset if someone was stealing from him. But the question is, for a libertarian, is it theft? And you can see this technique used over and over again. He just said in the emails to you, you stole my work. Well, Mm -hmm. stealing is sort of begging the question, right? It's it's not theft unless there's property in what you did. And uh, like the – I'm sorry, I don't remember the name of the third guy in your studio there. Sam Sam is here. Yeah, sorry. You know, he said that, you know, Smith's copy is still on his website. It was not damaged. It was not taken. Uh, and, in fact, you changed it. Um, I mean, I think you did everything appropriately and everything correctly. No, no, I agree. And, I agree with the critiques that it would have been appropriate to account and to contact L. Neal Smith to say, hey, you know, we'd like to do this uh, to your document. However... If I get the impression said, that he would not have gone for that, though, that he seems to be a... a no, he's a control freak. He says his, later on that we butchered his... He would have been okay if we would have made some changes, apparently, but we butchered it, which is also an, a tacit admission on his part that there were significant changes made. I mean, if we'd changed an A here and an and there and a the there, right. then he would have a real leg to stand on saying, this, this is, is my document, but no, it's a butchered version, which means it was significantly changed. And this is where I switch sides in the argument. Now, what if... Um, and, and and I've read L. Neal Smith's uh, A New Covenant here. What if A New Covenant was my highest truth in the universe? It, it spoke everything from the bottom of my heart perfectly except for one line. If that – and encapsulated – and removing that line would be – robbing L. Neal Smith at gunpoint, apparently, because he's made the uh, the uh, comparisons of, of bank tellers and things like that, mm-hmm. removing that line and therefore signing it and making it my highest truth and speaking the, 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 speaking the words from my soul through L. Neal Smith, who wrote it, except for that one line, or... Um, I don't. I don't sign anything because it's his work, whole and complete. Right, and you would so, butcher so it. So I'm had stuck. You the I'm, line. I'm in prison because he has put on paper my the the, the, the my, my swan song, yeah. my opus, except for one line. And now because I remove one line, I have stolen from him. Do you see the conundrum I'm in? The, the rat's maze. But l- 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 let me say something. You'll notice that, especially principled libertarians like Smith and Shulman, who are anarchists, basically. 
when they start talking about IP, everything changes as a totally different tone, right? Mm. Because you can see that they're, they're looking at this. They have to kind of figure this out differently. And it sort of confirms a theory I've been developing that the, the reason that libertarians, some libertarians believe in IP is, is basically it's a mistake. It's a dead end that was caused by Ayn Rand and the original American Constitution and even John Locke and this sort of strange, crankish notion, this focus on labor, that you own your labor, and therefore you own what comes from it, and therefore we own what we produce, rather than a focus on what the original point of libertarianism is, right, which is to live in peace and harmony among each other, and where we have to, where we have to conserve, right, where we have to um, make rules to use resources that can only be used by one person, we come up with peaceful rules for these, for these resources, which is property, right? But what they don't realize is that we are actually lucky that information – is non-scarce. It's infinitely reproducible. Mm-hmm. This is how humanity progresses. We learn. We teach each right. other. You take an existing spread. idea and you build on it to create a new idea and bring new wealth into the world. I mean, it's it's how one of the ways that wealth is created. I totally agree with that. I mean, we would be in really bad shape if we were trying to uh, to pay the descendants of the person who created the wheel and the person who created fire and the person who created uh, the Bible and you know you, all these yeah. other uh, works of intellectual property, be they patents, copyrights, or trademarks or whatever. I totally uh, uh, agree with that. However, I think that they're um, like, address plagiarism, uh, Stephen. Stephen. Well, okay, so let's just back up for just a second. I mean, if you, if you think about what human action is, we take things that are scarce in the world and we, we use our minds to decide what to do with them, right? So, you know, if you're making a cake, for example, we, we can't both make a cake with the same ingredients. We have to each have our control over our ingredients, our eggs, our, 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 our dough, or whatever. Um, but we can use the same recipe at the same time. So we need to have property rights in the things that are scarce. We don't need to have property rights in the recipe in order to be able to use it. Right Now, plagiarism is one of these things where um, it can be, it's confused. It's sort of across boundaries. There's an aspect of plagiarism which is immoral and even arguably a rights violating if it's done in the wrong way because it's a type of fraud or dishonesty. Right, where you're representing uh, that what you created as your own work when in fact you just borrowed it from somebody else. Right, but in your case, if you would have said this is by Neil Neil Smith, it would have been wrong because it wasn't by him. You had modified it. It was by like a dozen people that were working very diligently on it. Correct. So I, I don't think there's plagiarism involved here. I mean, it, it's, it's sort of a courtesy, and it's, it's commonly done to attribute your sources, which was done by you. Maybe it could have been done more explicitly, but I don't believe that is the root of, of Smith's complaint. He views it as his property. Right. He is upset not because he hasn't gotten appropriate credit, but because we changed what he believes is his work. And that really strikes to the core of what Mark was saying earlier about how you know, well, what if this was the, the most perfect document you've ever seen except for one line? Now you're not free to change and remove that one line. It's just ludicrous when he, where he's coming yeah, from. Yeah, and if, you, if, you'll, if you'll notice, he, he, he sort of confirmed my kind of growing theory that Ayn Rand is behind a lot of this because she focused so much on, 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 on property rights arising from what you produce. And she, focused, she herself focused on the Constitution as sort of the best model of government, which and it enshrined IP law, so I think she got it from that. Yeah, actually, and, in one of his emails that he sent, we haven't read it yet on the air, but uh, we could he, he we, actually, read yeah, he actually compares what we did to the document to the Fountainhead book, where they took Rourke's building and put all of the Greek uh, right. influences on it and said that, you know, that's what they've done. As though yeah. Howard Rourke would still own the building because he designed it. 
Or yes, as, and that's, as, what I was, that's what I was getting at because I read that email and I was thinking, you know, people used to ask me, which Ayn Rand book would you, would you say to start with? And I always say Atlas Shrugged because actually at this point I would never recommend The Fountainhead because basically the major part of the plot is based upon what I view as IP terrorism. I mean, yeah. this guy had no property rights claim in this building and he basically demolished it because in a fit of petulance – because he didn't like what they did with the design. And that's basically what L. Neal Smith is doing here, is stamping his feet uh, because he's upset that people ding, ding. have had a... That's what he's doing here, Mark. <laughs> he's stamping his feet. Because here, and this is what I'm saying, he, he alludes in his email that uh, he's contacting his lawyer. But when I call him out on the threat that he makes, let me share a little bit more here of what his response is to me calling him out. You want to threaten your lawyer? And so I wrote, responded to him with my first initial response, and here's his response to me. So this is the first email that he specifically responded to what I said to him. Okay, now you've done it. You are a liar and a thief. I will now take this matter public and let other... And that was the moment that I decided to take this matter public, when he decided to. And let other people decide whether you have stolen from me or not. Your line about crediting me in some obscure location and being inspired by my work rather than what you have really done. <laughs> but but let's point out, this is the Shire Society document, and until today, it was an obscure document in an obscure location. And it's... it's I'm sorry. He's credited I mean, in the most prominent place he could have been credited besides on the document itself, but it wasn't his document! So on the Shire Society website, he's on that first thread in the very first post. So there's no more way we could credit him anymore. Anyway, he goes on. And by the way, uh, our Shire Society post isn't any more obscure than his website or the location of his on his website. So he goes on. He says, if you were telling the truth now. Yeah, well, his website's pretty popular. It's where the, um, the covenant is on his website, which is not, it was just pretty con- obscure. If you were telling the truth now, you would have notified me at some point before making your pilfered document public. If you accuse me of statism of any kind, you have to make restitution for that as well. As it, and I don't think I did. Uh, as a kindness. Before you engage me in this matter, I suggest you check into what I wrote when Aaron Zellman was attacked by two disgruntled former members of the JPFO and what I did when a Canadian magazine accused me of racism. It'll take a little research on your part, but I guarantee you'll be happy and relieved that you did. Uh, Well, I wasn't afraid of uh, a lawsuit anyway, because I don't care. Uh, But he goes on to say, my demeanor is far from threatening. It is the natural reaction of a professional writer to plagiarism. And I will not be stolen from and I will not be edited without my consent. Forget the bluster and forget the hand job. You are morally in debt to me. And the sooner you freely acknowledge that, the happier everybody will be. And uh, by the way, there's an author who posts, uh, and actually he's on hold right now. We're going to get to him after your call, Stefan. But there's uh, an author who posts that he doesn't think this at all. Like He says it's the natural reaction of an author to th- consider this plagiarism. And this author that posted on our website says, that's no, not my natural reaction. I don't, I don't, don't mind at all. So uh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I mean, I actually signed his covenant maybe 20 years ago. Mm. And um, uh, back when in the days of print paper, I think I sent the check in and stuff like that. It wasn't for money. I didn't think it was at the time, and I still don't think it is. Although, in retrospect, this stuff about production, you know, having rights to everything you produce, maybe there was a Randian sort of tinge to it even then. Um, but, you, you, but, you know, uh, Smith, uh, he's, I mean, he's got great novels. He's a great he's a great libertarian theorists, but there's something about this IP, IP idea, and you guys are proving in a practical way with your show, I mean, this kind of publicity doesn't hurt you, it helps you. In a way, he should have regarded it, in my opinion, as a compliment. 
I, I agree with I you. Mean, he the, should have it seen would have been the, It would have been the best, um, uh, you know, to me, tactical move that he could have made. However, he has this, um, you know, th- this thing. And, and it, he's an artist, right? He writes stuff. He has this thing about his art being his changed. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, some artists feel one way. Some artists feel another. One can make the argument that, shoot, the whole rap industry was built at one point on sampling uh, music. And we wouldn't have those things. And that, uh, you know, Andy Warhol took... Uh, modern uh, uh, copyrighted things and turn them into art. So, uh, you know, it, it's it, it's sort of a tough scenario. I mean, I can understand why an artist wouldn't want their work changed. However, what do you do? Oh, and finally, by the way, I, I still haven't gotten to this point. I don't know where, where it is in his emails, but uh, maybe it's a response to somebody else. Or, no, it was a response to me. But he basically says that he never, he never intended any kind of lawsuit, that uh, – uh, well, we got the wrong impression from him mentioning that uh, he was CCing his lawyer, but it sure as hell sounded like a threat to me. You know, it well, sounded- and, and we, we, I read that part too, and this is what made me think. This is where the reasoning of libertarians—they they take a different term when they try to talk about IP. Because you can see that Smith, who's an anarchist, he doesn't want to explicitly threaten the use of the law courts. Mm-hmm. So he's got this idea in his mind that we could somehow have IP rights without legislation and without the state. Which is clearly false. Okay, you cannot have copyright and patent law without the state. I mean, imagine no. going to court. You'd have to let to the marketplace court. decide. You'd have to, uh, yeah. if in the event that you want to protect an idea, you have to protect it. I mean, the Colonel's secret chicken recipe at KFC is a secret for a reason. They keep it under lock and key or whatever in some vault somewhere because they don't want somebody else to get, you know, Hardee's to come in there and, and figure out how to make KFC chicken. I mean, they, they jealously guard that secret and for good reason. So if Mr. Uh, Smith wants to guard his intellectual property, then he shouldn't put it online for the universe to read and meddle with. Well, you know, in fact, uh, there's a great quote by Benjamin Tucker about, I don't know, 100 plus years ago, and Wendy McElroy quotes it in a great article of hers. And it's, he says, you, if you want your invention to yourself, keep it to yourself. Yep, you know? yep. That's pretty much it. Hey, Stefan, any final thoughts for us tonight? No, I appreciate being on, and keep up the good work. Thanks for the call. I appreciate Thanks, it. Uh, Davi dropped off the line. We had Davi, who is, uh, was the, uh, the man who actually wrote, I mean physically, uh, created the physical representations of the Shire Society Declaration. I, uh, he's been on hold for a little while. I hope he has a chance to call back in, because he was the guy I was talking about who basically said, yeah, I'm an author, and I have no problem uh, with it. So it's ludicrous to say this is the natural reaction of an author. Clearly, it's not the natural reaction. It's the natural reaction of L. Neal Smith, not every other author in the universe. Or of a lot of the traditional authors who are or have become dependent on this government copyright system who like the business model who just like the record companies don't want to see it change but the fact is it, the landscape has changed you know we now have these this internet where you can share ideas easily and some bands are uh, are trying to stick to the model like metallica going out and suing their fans and mm-hmm. threatening people with uh with force and and crackdowns and all of this nonsense and then you have other bands Relics. i think it's radiohead who actually released the individual recordings of all of their instruments so that people could take Mix and their create own their own mixes wow. create their own uh versions and cool. samples and everything I so mean, that's the other end of the spectrum right yeah. i mean 
Yeah. And in between there, you've got bands like uh, Nine Inch Nails, I think, that just release a full album for free. And then there's also the donating model where an, a band will release an album and then you just donate what you think it's worth, that kind of thing. So different models are, are out there being tried. And then Prince has just come back and declared the internet is, is over because... You mean the form, artist formerly known as Prince? Yes, because... I think he's known as Prince again. He is back his to Prince? Artist, or his, his, uh, his little dabble online that he tried didn't work out and he wasn't getting advance payments from iTunes for them listing his song and selling his album. So the whole, he pulled all of his tracks off the internet and said, okay, no, this internet thing, it's over. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I don't Stick know head if back he's right sand, about that. Dude, um, moron. <laughs> but, so, so should I go on here? I mean, I've got more emails from this guy. You know, I don't, I don't know that you're doing the right thing. And this what is What do you my mean? Point. What would be the right thing? I think that, uh, you know, admittedly, L. Neal Smith is a crusty guy. Right, he's a but jerk. That's that's uh, probably not a big, names. not probably not the kind of language that's going to build bridges. I right? don't care. I'm not. I'm not interested. Right. This guy isn't interested in building bridges. Otherwise, he would have approached you. Without don't know calling that. me a thief. You, you don't know that. See, now if you would have, uh, you know, decided if you take a more conciliatory tone all the way through this, he may have turned his head. It may have turned his head because kindness does change people you're claiming well his emotions are completely his fault but so are yours you're acting like a jerk now too now uh you you claim that your first email you didn't feel like you were being a jerk but i say it was condescending Mm -hmm. so he could have viewed it as condescending and all i'm saying here is you could have had a completely different exchange you could have got the result that you wanted out of this exchange if you would have acted differently i didn't want to have anything to do with this exchange uh, understood. But once the exchange occurs, what would you have liked to have seen the outcome be? I think this is a fine outcome. We're talking about a, a guy who masquerades you are as a, a libertarian. Jackass. We're, just... we're talking about a guy who masquerades <laughs> as a libertarian. I have no problem outing he's the false libertarian. He's not masquerading like a libertarian. Yes, he dude. is. He's in he fact claiming a he's a better libertarian than IP we are. Than you do. He's claiming he's a, be- a better libertarian than Sam or myself. Well, no, we're not even libertarians. We're socialists. Right. We're, uh, we're or right. Uh, well, what is he? He said we're uh, socialist scum. Crappy socialist scum. That's right. So, uh, I mean, this guy is just mean all around, and I understand I wasn't mean to him in my first post. You can say I was condescending, whatever, but I wasn't mean to the guy. I just laid it out like, look, here's, here's where you're wrong, okay, and this is what we did. Here's your credit. You said you didn't get any. Here it is, front page, right there at the top. There it is. Uh, we changed your document. It's not your document. Ours is different. And I laid that all out, and I said, look, if you want to go public, I can go public, too. And I, le- I, said, I left it at that and asked for an apology. And I don't, you know, <laughs> you, you, you can Asking say for you... an apology was, I, yeah, that's when I read that, I'm Sorry. like, oh, man, that's really dick move right there. It's just not going to. That's it's... what I would have wanted, Mark. You asked me what I wanted. I wanted an apology because he was wrong in his accusations and that you, I was a vandal think, and a thief. How do you think you're going to get an apology? By screaming at the top of your head, give me an apology, I damn you. He wants an apology from you. Oh, it's too You're late giving now. giving it to him? I already apologized to him. Here, right, I'll read my Are apology. you going to do it again? Are you sorry now? Do you, are you feeling apologetic right now? Uh, here's my apology no, to him. No, the reason is, is because he's being crusty with you. So yeah. you're being crusty back. You're not going to get your result that you're looking for oh, by being I don't being really care ass. if he apologizes or not. The Shire Society declaration is done. It's signed. It's over. We're going to launch the website. It's going to be a PDF. People are going to be able to sign it. So I have nothing to apologize for. I don't need to apologize to him, and he doesn't need to apologize to me. None of this needed to happen. He could have kept to his damn self, or he could have said, well, this is a really cool idea. I wish I would have been there to sign it boy i'm glad you guys have really taken my idea that i came up with in 1986 and then posted on some obscure page on my website and then actually ran with it and created something tangible and real 
Boy, that's really impressive that you got 100 people to sign that in person or whatever. Wow. He could have done a lot of things. However, yeah. he did not do them. And him acting exa- because he doesn't feel exactly the way you do about every issue does not bring his libertarian cred into question. It does, because if you read his document, as we did in the earlier segments, he's contradicting himself. I admit that IP is a difficult position to continue to hold, especially when you're He's holding saying on that to current IP, legal intellectual definitions. property, a government term, is null and void and superseded by this covenant. He doesn't say that specifically. He says all that all statutes, regulations, ordinances, charters, acts, laws, constitutions. The guy null is and full void. Of it. Now, look, and then on the other hand, he says, well, I wouldn't have used the courts against you. Well, let me continue. So, uh, so I said, Neil, how unfortunate you would choose to attack people who've sold books for you. We actively promote Phoebus Crumb on our radio program. You'll be outed to an audience full of liberty lovers tonight on international radio and podcast. I invite you to call in if you'd like to share your perspective. Otherwise, you can expect me to read from your emails, and you will be given full credit for your words. You can get on the air by calling 1-800-259-9231 at 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, feel free to listen live, and I give the listen link. I will apologize to you for not letting you know about your inspiration of the Shire Society Declaration. Perhaps we should have done that. It just seems to be an obscure page on your website. So it didn't, because I was using his language there. He called where we posted his document, the top, the front, the first page, right there at the top of ShireSociety.com. He called that obscure. So I pointed out that his posting of his uh, document was also obscure on his website. So it didn't seem you really would have cared, as I figure you're a busy guy. I was under the impression you loved liberty. Instead of being excited by the discovery of how your ideas have taken life and spawned a movement, you choose to get upset and start stomping your feet. Thank you in advance for the free publicity. I forgive you for your anger and misunderstanding. Right. I forgive you. Ding. Yeah. All right. We got calls. Let's talk talk to these folks here. Who's this? You're on the line. Free Talk Live. Uh, Is it me? It's you. It's you. I, um, this is Matt from Illinois. Hey, Matt. What's on your mind tonight? Boy, I, I don't know what to think about all this. Um, it seems um, if it had been me, and I'm an author too, I'd have been thankful that any for any kind of publicity that I could have gotten, and you guys provided a lot of, of publicity, I don't know what was going on through uh, Elmiel and Elmiel Smith's head. Uh, if he, if he, if he even looked into this enough to realize what was going on, I mean, really, what was going on? Because I looked at both documents, and the document that he wrote, the really the document that you wrote was was a lot clearer to me in my mind than what he wrote. Um, and I don't know if that upset him. Uh, but I would have been personally happy. I mean, no, I, you know, that might've upset him that, that you guys were, were clearer. Yeah. Uh, I would have been happy to get any kind of publicity and I certainly wouldn't have come out like that. And I can understand why you're upset. I don't know. It was such a good idea to bring this out and, in the open, like, like, like it's. Oh, no, he like was going to bring it out. No, no, no. He started by threatening us that he was going to bring this out publicly. Well, I'm going to splay this across as much as I possibly can. Okay, so can we. You don't know that that was going to happen necessarily. He just oh, yeah. said it. He's got well, his I, own website. He was oh, he's got put, a pretty popular he's website. He's got the Libertarian yeah. Enterprise, and uh, yeah, absolutely. So he threatened us first with that. Right. So what's happened now is that there's like been. It's, it's like when. 
and, and you know, I, I'm not trying to be condescending, but it's kind of like when two kids are on a, a playground and and they start this this fight, and one says says you, and the other says says, says me, and it leads to fisticuffs, and it never really had to lead to fisticuffs. That's how I that's feel about this of, whole thing. Is that uh, that's um, kind of what I. Yeah. Yeah. It seems remarkably, uh, you know, uh, poorly handled on both sides. And both it, sides, it, right. admittedly, either one of these people had the ability to change it. I don't have access to El Neal Smith. And he doesn't sound like somebody who who has uh, who I could talk to right now and, you know, have some kind of sway with. However, my partner here, I, you know, at, at, at times I can manage to get through his skull how to best deal <laughs> with people. And I just don't, I, I feel he's pan, handled it poorly. And now he's so emotionally entrenched. All he wants to do is exploit it for some, um, you know, benefit on the show. Now, what else I, can I do? I mean, the guy's going to come try from to... a place of compassion. Okay. That's, I don't that's even know how that would apply I, here. Know, that's, <laughs> that's actually something that, that Ian, uh, advocates quite often and openly on his show is coming from a place hey, of Hey, I forgave the guy for his uh, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about forgiving the guy. I'm talking about coming from a place of compassion. How? T- t- tell me about the compassion that you feel for Neil L. Smith right now. Oh, he. I don't really care about L. Neil Smith. Okay, so you're not coming from a place of compassion, clearly. I'm not going to fake it, dude. Yeah, well, yeah, it's I, not it, meant to be fake. Yeah. If you fake it, maybe you'll make it, right? Like, yeah. maybe you can make that happen for yourself. What, what, what would you do, Sam? How would you come from a place of compassion? In this, it's about uh, in this understanding case? that he's in this paradigm that he feels that the, the you know that he's been stolen from, and and mm-hmm. that he to him all of this stuff is very real. Then I'll just be accused there, of patronizing him. Then I'll be accused of condescending. Hold on. Okay, how do you El know Neil? what you're going to be accused I understand. of? Because it's either one thing or the other. You're either condescending or you're passive aggressive. If that's the world right. you live in, then that's what life's going to be like. No, for that's you. what right. people. That's what I'm constantly accused of of being. You're either passive aggressive. Because you're being too nice to somebody, or you're being uh, condescending. So well, there's no there's no satisfying anybody in or everybody. I can't satisfy everybody, right? So I can come to El Neil Smith and say, "Look, El Neil, I understand where you're coming from, and I do because I, I might have once once held similar opinions. El Neil, I understand where you're coming from on this, and I am sorry that we didn't approach you about this in advance. Okay." It's not about it, it satisfying helped, everybody. It, it, it's about effectiveness. And how effective do you want to be in, out in the world when you're, you know, communicating on national radio? How many it, people I, do you it, want to be able to reach out to? Sorry, Matt. Go ahead. It, it might have helped, and this is something that I do personally every once in a while when I find myself in a very emotionally charged situation. Is if you had stepped away from the situation for a couple of days and given it a little bit more thought. And come, and and then been able to handle it, and you could handle it in the same way, but without so much emotional uh, yep. power behind it. There's, there's, I, I feel a lot of, of of really emotion, and it's not good emotion; it's a bad emotion going on here, and and I don't think that that's a good thing to be happening. I see where you're coming from. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Six zero three four three five eleven zero five. Okay, that's not a bad suggestion. Give it a few days, right? Okay. Uh, or just shift. Just learn, learn to that you're upset. Recognize it. Be conscious of it. That, you know, when you get upset about things, you t- tend to show up to other people regardless of your intention. But the way that you show up is condescending or arrogant or passive aggressive. And so that when you recognize and you're actually 
thinking, you know, choosing to uh, mm-hmm. to be at peace because you're conscious of your thoughts, you can shift out of that and back into compassion, peace, love for other human beings. And then you can communicate from that space rather than from wherever you are now. Okay, so let's say I do that. And, uh, you know, two days later, I come back and I after, you know, waiting two days and all this stuff probably will still be blowing up because other people will be doing whatever they're doing about this. It doesn't have and, to. I didn't say anything about waiting two days. You can shift in the moment. OK, so shift in the moment. <laughs> El Neil, I love you, man. And I appreciate where you're coming from here. I understand that you feel like I stole your uh, your work or that we stole your work and that uh, that it's been butchered or whatever other. And I apologize. I did not intend to. To make you feel that way, yeah, I didn't intend to, uh, you know, to uh, to upset you in uh, in this way. Okay, so then what? Like, uh, then then what? Because so then you how's find that going out to satisfy him? That you ask, yeah. Well, okay, so here's where we are. Here's you know how we got here. What do we do? How, how what do you see? You admit that you're a socialist scum. No, he didn't. He did not start that until after you had taken a but rigorous, that's what he rigid, and demanded position. an apology, or not demanded, but said you owe me an apology, creating so, an obligation on his behalf. If you would have said something to the effect of, "Hey, look, this document here we created as our highest truth." Yes, it came from your document, and uh, to me, that speaks mm-hmm. it speaks volumes about your ability, your it abilities does. here. Yeah. Thank you, thank you for that, um, and. This is the document that we signed. A hundred people, a hundred liberty-loving people signed this document in one evening. And they didn't sign your document. They signed this one, and that's the one that they wanted to sign. So what do we do about that, Neil? I mean, what, what, where, where are we going to go from here? I don't know where we're I mean, do you want money? Nobody got any money for signing this. How much money do you want from these people? Do you want every signer to give you an ounce of gold? Mm. It seems ludicrous, but... You know, it's a place to come from. Do you want um, everybody to know that, uh, you know, yours was the foundational document that this came from? Hey, it's on the website right now. Like these things, everything you said could have been phrased differently yeah. to be more powerful that's all i'm saying this yeah way. i see where you're coming from there and when it comes fr- when it comes to and i did try to shift away from uh you know the anger and i could have been did. a lot angrier but when you first came out him a fucking asshole <laughs> <laughs> and that would have really helped fucking came- <laughs> old prickwad i don't think that i i don't think that you could have gotten much worse results though you yeah. understand? Like you yeah. got the worst results you're going to get, and you didn't. You 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 hug the middle, which is of no use. Um, uh, rabid compromisers get nothing out I of it. I didn't compromise anything. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is but um, you see what compromise gets you? It gets you bullshit. Nothing. <laughs> so you either are going to take one tack or you're going to take the other. Trying to mm-hmm. take that middle road is useless. If you would have said, "L. Neil Smith, you're a." fucking asshole or whatever it would you know you 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 pick your sailor language you want to come up with you wouldn't have got any worse results than what you got so maybe i should have emailed you first well you know it's always a good idea good idea yeah um so in in short and in in closing for me if uh, we we got another call right yeah i've got all i want to say is i think libertarian fiction is an important way to to reach hearts and minds it is um, I think that don't be a dick. That's I what think I that El Neil Smith. <laughs> hey, he's a crusty guy. He writes crusty fiction. People want to consume that. Okay, I like to consume it. I've read his books and enjoyed it. Um, I believe it was his book, book Hope, that I, I, you know, I, I devoured that thing in a day. So um, I, I'd like to say that I do want people, even though he and I don't agree on what intellectual property is, and 
if this would have been me in your position, which I didn't sign either one of these documents, and I have no intention of signing these documents, Chicken. I think that makes about as much sense as writing a ticket to a cop. Um, that you know, if it had been me, that he probably would have been, been turned on me on this one. I'd still advocate reading his books because I think it's a great thing. Let's go to the phones. Who's this? You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, this is Dobby again. I got disconnected. Hey, Dobby, what's on your mind? Um, I got a lot of thoughts about this, but I want to kind of start with a case study. Uh, I don't know. Actually, I do know that you that you saw the cartoon, the twenty four types of authoritarians that appeared on. Fantastic, hilarious! It is currently over at the Freaking Forum. Uh, people want to see that. Right. So that was lifted whole cloth from a cartoon on liberalcartoons.com dot com by yep. Barry Deutsch. I took his cartoon exactly, and all I changed was the text. Mm-hmm. So um, it it appeared on the forum in the original in the first in the first post of the first thread was the original credited to him. And then there was about 12 pages of people in the forum discussing how we should change it, and I changed it. So that leaked out to Mises.org, and then suddenly it went viral on the Internet, and um, this guy contacted me, mm. and he said that he thought that, it sh- that he should be credited. And, and I agreed. And so on my blog, I credited him, and I added a little thing at the top that says a parody of this cartoon by this guy. And and that was it. That was like the the dispute was resolved, right? Wait, did you um, call it, him a, uh, an asshole or anything like that? A thief first. No, even though he's In a liberal, response. I was nice to him. Okay. Did he call you a thief no, no. or a vandal? Uh, no, he didn't. Okay. Uh, but here's the here's my point, and this is sort of I think foundational to the economics of libertarianism. I posted a link to his on my site, and he posted a link to mine on his site, nice. and we both profited, right? So in in the concepts of economics that we study in libertarianism, economics is not a zero sum game. He's not he's not damaged by you spreading information about him. Right. You can both profit from this scenario. Yeah. You know, Mark brought up the example earlier that, you know, if there was one sentence in the covenant that he didn't like, he wouldn't sign it. There are going to be people who will read the Shire Society Declaration and decide, you know, this really isn't right for me. They may go read the covenant and say, yep, this is this says exactly what I want to say. I'm going to sign this and I'm going to send this guy two bucks to archive it. Right. That's 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 true. So proposal. Of, of something I think would be a fruit that could come out of this that I think both parties could look back and say it was positive. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah wait, now, what's the okay. proposal? You ha- you're you're giving the proposal. proposal. Okay, great. I, I thought I had missed the proposal. I was reading uh, funny quotations on Facebook, and I thought, holy crap, I missed the proposal. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. So, so the great libertarian cop-out in intellectual property discussions is the market will decide whether or not intellectual property is property. So we need a proof of concept. We need to see a true private arbiter decide which one of you and and how this can be resolved. And it needs to be somebody who both of you respect equally. Well, I think part of the issue with that is the arbiter is not setting any kind of precedent because there's no system. Each each private arbitration is done on a case-by-case basis. Right, which means that in the trial he needs to prove damages. Yeah, he would. Well, I, you know, when it comes to intellectual property, damages are going to be difficult to prove. It's this area where um, you're, you're talking about, well, if this person wasn't making free copies of my book and giving them away, some of those people that took my that got my book would have, would have uh, bought it. Of course, the 
you know, that begs the question, well, if they're making Xerox copies, maybe somebody read the book and then decided, you know, I want a real copy of this book and they bought it. So, you know, it's 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 difficult and it's, it's dealing in the world of what if. And that's right. that's a difficult so, place so, so Mark, to deal. You're, Mark, you're arguing for you're arguing the, the folly of a one size fits all solution. This is a specific case and there's a specific person who's claiming damages. Yes. And and that can be arbitrated, and it can be arbitrated very, like, intellectually from both sides. And so all you need is an impartial person that both people are willing to submit to the judgment of. Like, imagine if like, I select Stephen Kinsella. high caliber like <laughs> Stephon Molyneux, right? Well, I would think that if, if, if I were going to, uh, you know, no, being on the inside here, if I were going to pick somebody to arbitrate, I would pick Scott Beezer, who is the publisher at uh, Big Head Press. He is, uh, you know, intimately related to L. Neal Smith. L. Neal knows him. He's also an extraordinarily reasonable guy. You can read his post on the expansive post that's growing there at uh, Free Keen. And it is reasonable. It's in the it's middle of the road. He sees both sides. And. And if, if you're looking for an arbitrator, I don't think I, I don't think at this point that we're talking about arbitration because he, Ian's already tossed down the gauntlet. He may be trying to pick it up, but it doesn't really matter because El Neal's, uh, you know, I mean, he feels that the gauntlet's been tossed and he's going to go through a libertarian. What, what is his website again? The Libertarian Enterprise. The Libertarian Enterprise. And he's going to do some really great marketing for Free Talk Live. Maybe he won't even mention Free Talk Live. He may just mention the Shire Society. Maybe he won't even mention anything. Maybe he'll just say, uh, oh, this uh, people uh, uh, stole my stuff. So uh, I don't well, know. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, like, if you guys are choosing compassion in the moment, I think that that is a way forward that people would be able to both look back and say that something positive came out of the conflict. Thanks That's, for that. It seems to me. Appreciate it, Davi. Anything else you want to share? Um... No, I don't think so. Hey, Dovey, uh, great job on the uh, calligraphy art and the oh, artwork beautiful. that you did for yeah. the uh, Shire documents. They're, they are beautiful. Oh, just yeah, thank you. Hey, I got one last thing. Yes, um, I'm willing to give the guy two dollars for signing his declaration or for signing our declaration in his name if he wants my two dollars. Well, then you become an owner of the uh, document according to the last paragraph. Does that mean I can sell it to you? Well, then you could sell the rights to the Shire to to license it <laughs> under the copyright scheme. <laughs> Thanks, Davi. I appreciate it. Uh, okay, so all right, so I have learned tonight that uh, that I went off ha- half cocked in this in this situation. Ding ding. That I, I tried. Wait, that was being condescending. I, no, no, no I'm just I'm giving you a ding because you got it right. Oh, okay. It's hard <laughs> enough for him to do it when uh, like writing it down in real. Uh, I mean, it's, it's it's hard enough for him to do it in real life. Writing it down, he's even worse at. So um, yeah. go ahead, Ian. I'm I'm sorry. Okay, so uh, so I went off a little bit half cocked and I. I, I, I instead of instead of approaching it from compassion, I mirrored the crusty old man, and I mm-hmm. essentially reflected uh, what uh, what he was coming at me with. And you let him also control your emotions by saying he came in, he said the things he said. That's what is your response is completely up to you, and you chose to respond with anger and. You know, whatever it was that you I don't that feel you like felt. I was. Uh, Maybe was anger is probably too strong of a word, but surprise, uh, shocked. Yeah, uh, you know, at, so at something. That. And in a way, that you allowed I was happy, him in actually, to sort of because control I knew and change your your state of being, your emotions. I was I was actually happy that this happened because I knew that uh, if he got all uppity, it would uh, result in publicity. So didn't really bother me. Okay. 
And in so, fact, one could say that maybe my uh, responses were sort of designed so that he would actually end up doing perhaps, the, uh, the yeah. publicity. So that's what that. you were coming back creating is, oh, let's turn this into a conflict right. you that wanna, we can talk about on you, the radio. Right. You want to get on your blog? We'll get on the radio and we'll talk about it and we'll go and So now's your edition. opportunity to give a heartfelt apology to Neil Smith. Go ahead. From the heart, compassion, love, <laughs> forgiveness, caring. <laughs> let's hear it. Uh, I'm sorry for mirroring you, El Neil Smith. <laughs> I can't believe the freaking words that come out of your mouth. You suck so bad. <laughs> not good enough sorry for you? Sorry for mirroring you. I'm sorry for being an asshole because you were an asshole. No, that's not an apology, dude. No, it's not. <laughs> well, I apologized to the guy earlier, and he's never apologized to me. So, you know, I've already got my apology, and it's, of course, not acceptable, but, right? Yeah, because it was surrounded with good the... when it's surrounded with yeah, stuff, you yeah, know, and yeah. that's, the, that's the problem with it. Like, right. what, what should have been done here, and I, I know it's totally backseat driving or what, armchair quarterbacking, because none of us, and I wasn't involved in this, none of you guys thought about this ahead of time, and I can understand why not, um, is the, the idea that, you know, maybe he should have been consulted. I don't think he would have given his permission to alter the document. So then what, you're stuck in this world where, you know, maybe you would have written the document somewhat differently and not used his, um, you know, is something that's so close to his prose. And, you know, I'm sure the document would have been just as good. Mm-hmm. And then what? Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it wouldn't... I guess it probably would have been a better scenario if you hadn't have uh, done it. But you, you you apologize for not having done it. Sorry about that. And um, that's not know, really sorry what he wanted. We, what's that? That's not really what he wants. He doesn't want an apology, right? He he wants those of us who are involved to admit that we're socialist scum. He is upset that his that's, that came was out of you know several interactions back and forth. With the underlying guys, issue so. is that his document was changed, okay? Yep. His document yep. wouldn't have been changed if you would have asked him initially. So that's really the crux of it is that, and that he, is wasn't not, he feels like a, a right of his has been violated. So whether you intended to do that or not, you can acknowledge that fact and apologize to him for uh, making him feel that way. And, and you well. can say, look, it wasn't my intention to make you think A, B, and C. Right, right. Well, okay. So, uh, so oh, let's see. I had somewhere I wanted to go with that. So, uh, so apologizing wouldn't necessarily satisfy him, right? Oh no, like, no. But it, you know, it sets a different tone if you're coming from a place of compassion. Of hey, you know, look, I, I didn't understand that. You know, I didn't have your viewpoint. I've I've heard your viewpoint. You've mm-hmm. ba- you're basically repeating back what he said to you, some of the concerns and things that he's expressed with anger, and then you've shifted it to a place of compassion and concern for the fact that it's made him upset that you've done something that's made him upset, and uh, then you go from there and see you know how do we uh, how do we resolve this? Good suggestions, guys. Clearly, uh, I uh, need some work, right? Right. That's it. Don't we does. all? Right. Yes. Oh, yeah. Everyone does. Okay. So, and certainly El Neil Smith. All right. So we'll see you tomorrow night <laughs> uh, online. In the meantime, at freetalklive.com. And remember, eh, don't be a dick. <laughs> if you are, by the way, listening at uh, freetalklive.com, you'll be uh, rejoined to the, uh, the the playback as it is going on as we speak, wherever the heck it might happen to be. And if you're listening at the Liberty Radio Network at lrn.fm. Uh, you will be joining the podcast loop here with Gardner Goldsmith. But first, it will be the Onion Radio News. Good night, everybody.
Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.